Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Hump Day! Welcome in, one and all. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I am Rob Ellis. That fine-looking gentleman is Derek Gunn. What's you didn't say up, fine guys? young man. I gave you a good-looking young, uh, good-looking okay. man. All right, uh, oh. you would call it a lot worse than that. Trust me. Well, but, yeah, but what yes, the heck? As we both have. Uh, what's up, everybody? What's up, Tina? What's up, Chris D? What is up, John Dickerson? What's up, Twiz Powder? Mood Swing Bell, Eagles fan, Swing Bull, Tyler. What's up, guys? Hope everybody's doing well out there. We appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Spanish Philly, South Jersey, you guys, all good. I hope on this uh, Wednesday. You know, it's funny, uh, John Dickerson. What's up, man? Um, some weeks fly. Yep. Some weeks drag. Yes. I'm in yes. a drag week. Where, where are you at with this week? Are you? Um, are you... To me, it, it's going by pretty fast. Here's what's weird. This is show you. This shows you how domesticated. Wait a minute, M. Reyes, D. Gun is young, like in terms of the earth. I mean, really, really. You guys want to start? Oh, my wife thought that's funny. You guys want to start right now? You ready? You want to go? All right, we can go. No, but anyway, here's how domesticated I am. I gear how quickly my weeks are going by when it's trash day. Yes. See, yes. Every, every Tuesday night is trash day. They pick up Wednesday morning, unless it's a holiday and it backs up, a you know, Monday holiday. But to me, it's like trash day comes every three days instead of every seven. It's like, it's like man, time goes by. Here we are. We're already in April, uh, August 9th. We don't even have a full month of summer left, Rob. Not even a full month. I'm depressed about this. I said to you yesterday, I, you know, I'm seeing it start to get dark at like 
six thirty, and I'm like, no, 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 no. Wait no. a minute, not six thirty. Maybe starting, like starting, not not fully dark, but it's it, it, you know it should be like eight, man, eight thirty, something like that. But I yeah. was, you know, the government has been talking for years about passing the law where they're going to keep daylight saving time year round. Yeah, I wish they could because, you know, by they say. um December 21st is the shortest day of the year, and June 21st is the longest. Right. You know, in June, June 21st, it's still light out at 9 o'clock at night. <laughs> I know. You know, it and then by, by December 3rd, December 21st, it's dark at like 4.15. You talk about depressing? Well, I, t- I said this to you. So I went to a, a, a wedding. And what's up, uh, Fitness Rebel uh, and Mr. Taz and, and everybody else, uh, Karina? Fitness Rebel, $5 fine. Yeah. Um, I went to, it was in June and I went to a wedding in Indiana, in South Bend, Indiana. All right. And that is the Eastern time zone, even though Chicago's central. So I flew into Chicago, drove an hour and a half or whatever it ends up being, which is weird. So you come out of the central into back into the, you know, Eastern standard time. Right. Yep. So I, I'm at a wedding and we're, we're in, in the, you know, have at the reception. I'm like, I mean, I got to go outside. We're in like a barn in the middle of a field. I'm like, I need some air. So I go outside to get some air and it's like quarter of 10 at night and it's still sunny. There you it's go. Really weird, man. There I could get go. used to this, but it, it was really weird. That's why I said when I lived on the West coast, I loved one o'clock NFL games were 10 AM. Yeah. Four fifteen game uh, games were one fifteen. And the eight thirty game started at five thirty. So by the time the West Coast games ended, you know you still had some time in the, in the evening to enjoy yourself, whether you wanted to go out or whatever the case may be. Uh-huh. You know these games ended at eleven thirty, midnight. You know, uh, yeah. But isn't isn't the best part too though? Like, yeah, that that's to me that's the best part. Like Sunday night football, Monday night football, Thursday night football, they're done by eight p.m. Yes, you know, on the West Coast, like that's yes. the best part. You're not. If you have to get up the next day, you're not dying, you know, from staying up and watching it or whatever the case may be. Exactly. That's the big thing. And if you're like us and you work those games, it, it beats working till 2 a.m. or oh, you know, whatever. Think about how many 8.30 games in primetime Thursday night, Monday night games the Eagles have this year. Tons. Oh, my goodness. Well, if you look at the schedule, speaking of, so right now, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I think they have three one o'clocks. So no, they, my wife that the other day I said, This is this is ridiculous. Only three one PM games this year. And that that New Year's Eve game against the Cardinals, even though the Cardinals I think are gonna stink, it could mean something for the Eagles. So they could flex that possibly. Bites so your you tongue. Might, yeah, I know, but you might not even get one there. They have they know. have the evening games. They have one, two. It's like eight. Eight. For possibly five, they have a Thursday night week two. They yep. have a, a Sunday night week seven. They have a Monday night week eleven. They have a Sunday night week fourteen, and TBD January seventh against the Giants. So yep. you, you, <laughs> and look, that's a byproduct of being a good team. This I think that I think that Giants game could be flexed more so than the Cardinals game. Mm-hmm. I think that second last week of the season. When you look at the parity across the league, and even in the NFC, which is so mediocre, I mean, there could be a game in the AFC South that could de- decide that division title, even though I th- expect that division to be mediocre. Look about how many matchups there are in the AFC that could de- define you're in or you're out or jockeying for first place in the division. I think it's, there's so many games that will supersede the Eagles playing Arizona that game. Let's face it, Arizona's not a big national draw. Mm-hmm. But if you get like the Jets against Buffalo – 
Kansas City against Denver, something like that. That's what people want to see. I know. They do. And, and look, I get it. Eagles are a draw. You have the runner-up MVP. You were in the Super Bowl. Yep. People beyond Philadelphia want to see this team yep. on a national level. But, you, I, look, our, our stance is well-documented. Give me the 1 o'clock any day of the week. Hey, I'll take 17 1 o'clock games every same, week. Same here. Uh, but to, but to, uh, to get back to what you were saying about dragging, yeah. I know you're dragging because you 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 pulled a D-gun shift last night, didn't I you? I did, man. You texted me at, like, whatever. It was, like, midnight. I'm like, I was, like, right back on your text because I was on the I air. I know. Too. I was yeah. shocked. I know. You were working radio until what, 2 a.m.? Yeah. Did after the Phillies' second game until 2 a.m. Yeah. Yeah. All good. I, I feel fine. I, I'm, you sure? I'm good. Huh? You, you sure you feel okay? I'm like punch drunk. You know okay. what I mean? I, I feel like, uh, you know, you get in that weird state where you're just like. Yeah. Here's, here's, here's what you need to do to, to come out of it. Some people need an espresso. Yeah. You, I'm not a coffee need, guy. No. Okay. So you need to have Cheerios with milk. <laughs> that that'll that'll shake you out of that'll do it all right the doldrums you're in right that's now that's what i'll do next break i'll, I'll, I'll cheerios with milk yeah. I'll get that now, i don't want to see milk dripping down your shirt or your face you know i'll put a bib on i'll have a bib the rest okay. of the show right. that'll look good you wrap a towel right around your neck you wrap a towel like i'm getting my hair cut put a smock yeah. over there you um, go all right so eagles practice today derek so this is uh three days until their next preseason or to the first preseason game they practiced right. at the link today uh couple couple notes so nicobe dean was back in a limited capacity uh, with the ankle. So he is out there. Uh, so that much, I guess there's some improvement there. We're going to talk about Nicobe in a little bit, um, but he was out there. You're going to love this. So uh, your guy, Derek Barnett. Yes. Got what would have been a personal foul call. So there was a, a little bit of a tussle. The plays over. Apparently he cheap shots Landon Dickerson from behind. Dickerson goes down. Uh-huh. And then there's the, you know, the, the fights ensue and bodies being held back. I mean, now, is this guy ever going to learn? Is he ever going to learn? Wait now, because John Dickerson says Dickerson blindsided Barnett. Now I yeah, understand that Barnett got ticked off. You know, I don't know, man. I I don't know. The retaliation is always worse than the original crime, but yeah. We'll, we'll Look, see. It's preseason. Let him get this stuff out of his system. Now yeah. I believe in Barnett. Who was it last year? Did I not tell you to have patience with Castellanos? You did. That is. Did correct. you not sing his praises in September and October? I did. I'm telling you, have patience with Barnett. I hope you're right. I, I do. Believe, I, I, hope, I hope. I hope. Sure. Listen, I want you to be right on this one. Well, they need somebody to pick up the pass rush. Like they, they need. They, yeah, I think it has to be a group effort to, to yes. you know, get the eleven that Hargrave gave you, et cetera. So I hope that he does. I really do. I'll believe it when I see it. I don't have the same kind of faith that you do. I'll give you credit. You have been very, very steadfast in your belief uh, in, in Derek Barnett. So we'll see. I like yeah. this, too. This, this was uh, from Jordan Mailata on Nolan Smith. He called him a mini Hassan Reddick from what there he's seen from so far. That's encouraging. I like that. He wouldn't say anything there if he didn't look good. He wasn't doing anything. See? You know? You know what? I mean, okay, you're pumping up your teammate, but obviously there's some attributes behind that. And like I said, I've said time and time again, if you're making a transition from the college ranks as an edge rusher, who better to learn than from a guy who has 39 and a half sacks in the last three years, who came yeah. off and was like 16 sacks last year? Who better to learn from all the little tricks of the trade, you know, to get a crash course from somebody like that? Yeah. You know, plus with his own physical attributes that he brings in from Georgia, you know, 
the combination of the two, obviously it's going to expedite the learning curve um, a lot quicker. How much will he be counted on? Don't know. But obviously at this state, in case something happens, the, the Redick, he got injured or something, you know, this kid's going to be ready to go. Hopefully he'll be ready. To, now he's going to make some mistakes. He's going to go through growing pains. Um, but he'll be much further along than if he didn't have somebody like a Redick, you know, grooming him uh, as his understudy. Yeah, I think it sets up perfectly, really. I mean, you have a guy who's so similar body type wise, you, you know, everything. And I and the Eagles with a year under their belt of how to best utilize Barnett. I mean, I, I really think this is the almost the best. I'm sure he would have liked to have gone higher to get more money, but I don't know that he could have gone to a better team, honestly. No. He's in a great spot, Nolan Smith. Oh, heck yeah. You see what you see what Tone just put in the private chat. Who who in Barrett's in Barnett's camp is cutting you a check, D gun? Okay. Rob, would you would you just tell him that I, I subscribe to patience as a virtue, mm-hmm. and, and I've been saying since all off season. Really? My wife goes really. I, I heard her. Right. <laughs> you don't think I have patience? Uh, okay, never mind. She's. <laughs> Your nose is growing, Derek, as you say it. You I, I, I have patience. patience. Sure, you do. She. You know if what? Trish says you she's don't. I trust. Better. I trust Trish. Over you, my friend. I'm you thinking. just you just say that because I've called you on the carpet too many times with Maggie and your correct and, and, and your and your daughter hey, Maddie. Sir, you know what, Derek? Okay, I know. You know, you just this is all your payback. Enjoy your moment in the sun. Exactly. exactly. I have more. I have patience. I don't know what she's talking about. Okay. She's banned from the show, by the way. She's banned. She's done. She, yeah. As of today, she's banned. Okay. So, <laughs> as I say that in defiance, she's picked up her phone. Yeah, so you better, you better watch yourself. Trish, get on the chat. Let's let's cross. Yeah, don't, don't, don't encourage her. I don't, am. We don't need to know anymore. Full blown encouragement right now. But yes. to go back to what Tone said again. Yeah, players that I've said, let's give them pace. Let's give them time. Right. You know, whereas you got people fired all last year. <laughs> I said, I said, patience. Is a virtue. Look at Dane Kelly. Get him, Trish. I mean, really? <laughs> Mr. Taz, D-Gun about to sleep in the car. It's my car. I can sleep in it if I want to. <laughs> I got room on the couch, man, if you're really in trouble. You know that. <laughs> I'll That's just go funny. back in her office again. That's, That's the point. last place. That's yeah. the last place she wants me to be in her office. I'll go back yeah. in her office. Uh, you'll be in the doghouse with the, with the rest of the pooches, man. That's a year. We know that's where you'll be. Um, all right, so we will get heavy into the birds. We get Greg Murphy joining us, too, to talk some Phillies. Speaking of Phillies, they split a doubleheader last night, Derek. They won the first. They should have won the second. Uh, they had a lead late, two-run home run to tie it, then a solo shot by the same guy, Joey Manessis. Yep. Uh, and they end up winning the game. Uh, it w- was eminently winnable game. It's, it, it w- it's a bummer because you take those first two, it's just such a – you know, statement uh, heading into the last two games of the series. So that, that is a, that's a real bummer. Now they take the next two, they win the series. It ultimately is what you're looking to do. That's the accomplishment. But uh, it was a, uh, there's some really good signs though. Like Harper with another home run. Uh, Turner played well again last night. Oh, oh, Trish is on now. Good. All He's right. patient with children. He's such- not with adults yeah. though, Trish. Not she, with claims, adults. she claims I have no patience with her. Yes. That's what she claims. I, I I believe her. Yes. No, it's not. It's not all. Uh, she finds that he, just hilarious. She's already just giggling like a kid. It's not always true. She yes. always gives me like twenty different tasks in two minutes to do. You know, you're good with children know. and dogs. That, that, I've always told you. Adult humans are, are a different story. What have I? T- what have I always told? You? I love Rob. Oh my Thank goodness, you, this is getting deep. 
Right, right back at you. I love Trish too. Oh my goodness. Yes. This is sickening. That's that's correct. Yes. What? We're teaming up against you today. All I, know, right? I noticed you had to bring it up on the screen too, didn't you? Correct. You, just had, I might, you know what? I'm going to bring it up there again. Maybe I'll just keep what? it up the whole show. Yeah, see, that ain't right. You ain't <laughs> right, dude. You see, what have I always told you though? I love kids. It's adults I have problems with in general. Yes, human beings in general. I know. Well, I agree with you. Yeah. Well, I don't want to buy human beings. Just, just well, you know, just no, just adults. Okay. Adults rub me the wrong way. I hear you. I well, we so. saw your beautiful grandson in the pre-show meeting. He, he was, yeah. he was, he was cuddled up on you, which was oh, a, it was a great you. sight. That's, that's my boy right there. There oh, you go. Goodness. That's awesome. All right, Eagles question of the day. This is a fun yes. one. This yes. is a Derek Gunn authored question, and I like this one. So I want everybody in the chat to jump in. All right. So here's the question. Name, we could go five Eagles. Let's go five Eagles that yep. you'd like to see play out of position. Meaning, obviously, so-and-so is a left tackle. What else could he do? So are you, since it was your idea, Derek, because I have one I can't wait to give you. Give me your the first one you'd like to see, first guy you'd like to see play somewhere else. So you think well, could actually pull it off. I have, I have um, Jordan Mailata in dual roles. Yes. First of all, yeah, thank you, Chuck. Free Derek Gunn. That's right. No, Chuck. Chuck. No. Thank you, Chuck. Yes. Somebody's on my side. Thank you. And Mr. Taz, Rob really doing D gun dirty. Yeah, thank you, Mr. Taz. <laughs> he's always he's always trying to get me. I Trish never and I are teaming up on you today. What is all of a sudden? Hey, Twiz. Like she knows who Twiz is. I mean, seriously. What's, <laughs> what's going on here? Is this uh, Bizarro Day? Trish, Trish is on fire today. You're in trouble, man. What's going in on trouble. here? Yes. My goodness. Anyway, yeah. I have Jordan Malata in a dual role. Right. First of all, I would love to see Jordan Malata as a fullback inside the five-yard line. That would be fun. With yeah. this rugby background. Mm-hmm. See, if I'm a safety or a DB, and it's between and, and I'm standing between Jordan Malata and the goal line, Yeah, I got to make a business decision. Same here. Yep. Do I want to be sipping soup through a straw for the next six weeks? Or do I do the, the matador Olay tackle and just – I'll make a gallon effort, but – Hey, That's what I would do. Cool. You know what I would do? I would dive like at his feet far enough away that I know there's no way I'm touching his feet, but it looks like I made sort of an effort. There's no chance I'm trying to take that that freight train on. No, no six, eight, no. three fifty. No. 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 Now here's what I would do. I would take an angle and I would try to take him like below the waist, like, chop like yeah, between chop the hips him. and the knees, yeah. and knock him off balance. And hopefully, I can knock him into somebody else that can finish him off. But Look, man, I'm not trying to collect on medical expenses that early in my life. No, thank you. And I would also like to see Malata play an edge rusher. Oh, that would be Ooh. interesting. Can yeah. you imagine if six eight off the edge? He doesn't even have to get to the quarterback. Just throw your hands up. Yeah. You are not throwing through his lane. There's I no can, way. I, I would like to – That's you know, I thought you were just going to go running back, but I would like to see him on the edge too. That can would you imagine great. an arc a quarterback would have to put on a ball, and by the time you float that pass, you got a safety, a corner, or a dean that can come over there and swipe it? Yeah, that's pretty cool. Oh, my goodness. I like, I, I like where Mr. Taz is going. Here, here's what I would like to see. So he has yeah. lane at middle linebacker. I'm going lane at a different spot. Okay. For one play, Derek, we're going to go old school on Lane Johnson back to his quarterback days. Oh. He grew into being a behemoth. I just want to see the arm. I want to see him throw like an out route or something down. Okay. That's what I want to see one time. With Lane Johnson, just give him a give him a little bit of time. I don't want him, you know. I want him to, have to be able to set and throw, and I want to see how good the arm is. So that's that's Ooh. one. We'll see Lane okay. with a deep shot down the field to Quez or somebody, you know, Devontae who can run. All right, that's okay. what I would I would like to see. That that would be cool. Uh, I, I like that. Yeah, I like that. And he would. I think he would 
be like, all right, old school here. You guys are going to see what I had, the footwork and whatnot before. Uh, so that's what he, in junior college, he got so big that they, they moved him to tight end. Tight end, yep. And then when he got to Oklahoma, they're like, you're an offensive lineman, dude. Well, like, initially but, he was a tight end in Oklahoma, then they converted. Yeah. But, yeah. but his high school, he was a quarterback. People don't think we make that stuff up or not, but that yeah. would be pretty cool to see. Uh, all right, who else Who else would you like to see? I would love to see Jordan Davis at, as an offensive guard. Can you, mm. imagine, can you imagine this dude, 6'5", 340, coming yeah. off the ball? I don't know what kind of pass blocker he would be, but a straight-ahead road grader? Yeah, run game, he would be interesting. Even if he didn't have the proper technique, just getting in somebody's path – can you imagine that man? That's like a car road running over lizards on a highway, man. Can you imagine that? That would be pretty good. I, you know, all right. I think Tina might have won the day. Let's see. What did she say? Let's put Aaron Sippos in the slot across the middle. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Tina. Yes, in, Tina in this, and I are career? on the same page. Thank you, Tina. And what in this career? Uh, I'm just saying whatever happens, happens. I'll just leave it at that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe maybe it's a high pass that he has to go up for. <laughs> As we call them, hospital balls. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. But yes. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Okay, I got another one for you. All right. AJ Brown, outside linebacker. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or safety. Six one two twenty five. Yeah. Like or a heat-seeking missile on yes. a play. Yeah. We, we got with that tank the way that with he's this built. Speed? Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. I love seeing him coming coming through a gap with that yeah. kind of speed. Yeah, there's not many quarterbacks that are going to outrun him. Or try no, to that, that's good. I, that's I want to see him like in space. Yeah, come up and just just drill. That that would be pretty cool. From the safety cool. spot, Can you yeah. imagine him catching sippos under the chin. <laughs> Stop! You're getting me too excited here. Yeah. I, that, uh, all right. Here's the other. This is. I guess this is the obvious one. But I want to see like Jalen Hurts catch. You know, like a like a. A pass in space, whether it's something you know, like a swing pass out of the backfield or or whatever, I want to see him just catch it, have maybe one corner or safety on him, the juke, and then oh, yeah. gone. That, yeah. You know, rather than just trying to get away from these big behemoths, I want to see him in the, in open space be able to just put a move on somebody, Jay. And then that try to see, cool. and then try to see a DB arm tackle him. I, mean, oh, I think yeah. so many people underestimate <coughs> excuse me, his lower body strength. Yeah. I think he would shock a lot of people if they try to arm tackle him one on one. Oh, I would love. Yeah, that's a good one. I think love. Think about, it. think about to your point. Think about the two point conversion he gets in the Super Bowl. There's two guys on him. He looked like he had no prayer at getting in the end zone there, and that yeah. was like just the lower core strength that that guy has, just just to be able to get in. I mean, he yeah. is strong. Oh, is he strong? I got one now. I got one that's going to shock you. All right. Quez Watkins at safety. Uh, all right, tell me where you're going there. Okay. All right, I want to see Quez play single high safety. What's the, what's the job of a single high safety? You got to play center field, right? Yeah. With his speed, whether he's got to cover ground this way or this this way, with his speed, that dude can make up a lot of ground. Now he might not be able to catch the football, but he might be able to bat it away. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, if he could read the field and have that closing speed, sideline yeah. to sideline, yeah. that yes. might be kind of interesting. He runs yeah. a four two four three. There's yeah. not many safety, even your Hall of Fame safeties. There's not many run four two four three. I Outside like of Ed Reed, I can't think. Even Troy Palomaro wasn't that fast. He was just instinctive. Brian yeah. Dawkins wasn't that fast. Brian Dawkins was instinctive and a hard hitter. You know, you put Quez back there with that kind of speed. Yeah, I don't want him to catch the ball. I mean, he has enough trouble catching the ball now. 
Yeah. I just want him to knock the ball just away. Knock it down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that position, you're good with that. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Okay. All right. That's interesting. Uh, I, I like this one from Dank. He wants to see Devontae at corner. That would be Ooh. pretty cool. Devontae Ooh. on an island with another guy who can run and see, you know, if he can stay with him and, and cover him down the field. That might be pretty cool. I think with uh, all of these guys with these deceptive first moves and cut back the other way, like a Devontae Adams, yeah. I would think he would be able – it's like watching a cheetah chase a gazelle. You see how many different ways a cheetah goes – I mean, a gazelle goes, and yeah. a cheetah can cut on a dime with it. Yeah. I think a Devontae Smith has that ability to cut on a dime. And even if he gets beat, that makeup speed uh, will cover a lot of – hey, look, Deion Sanders did it. Deion no. Sanders couldn't tackle you or me. He's in the Hall of Fame. Well, you know? Dion might come up later in the show today. He just might. Good, good, good foreshadowing there, D Gun. Really? Yes, sir. No, he might come no. up later. Um, all right, last one from me. I want to see, I want to see Marcus Mariota either as like a running back or receiver or tight end. I mean, Ooh. the dude has the wheels. I about a jet sweep. Jet sweep, yes. I would like to see what that would look like to me, or like Ooh. maybe him in the slot. Uh, just a quick out or a quick, you know, quick hitter, maybe a slant or something like that, using that speed and those moves and that ability to, to make people miss. I think yeah. that's pretty fun to watch. You know what? That's a good point. I would love to see that. I got one more for you. And, and right. uh, uh, Dank Green, Dank Kelly stole it from me. Okay. But I have it on my list here. I would love to see Darius Slay at wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's been screaming about getting the ball in practices. He wants, and coach, put me in, coach. Yep. He's been, he, I would love to see him. Um, on, on a on a deep post route or mm-hmm. or curl in or something like that. I think he has the hands to do it. Yeah, I think that would be uh, that would be fun. I would like to just see the D backs for a minute because they they most D backs think they can play receiver. They yeah. they they have that just yeah. innate thought. They probably did when they were in high school and, and whatnot. Yeah, give it a shot. I would like to see what that would look like. Yeah. Well, what's what's that old saying about cornerbacks in the NFL? There's a reason why you're playing cornerback and not wide receiver. Correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two, one word hands yes exactly but i think uh, i think darius slate he would remind me of like a darius slayton uh of yeah. the giants or somebody like that mm-hmm. you know hit him on a quick slam put him in a slot you know yeah. i'd love to see him in a slot he has the mental toughness to play the slot and i think he has the hands as well plus i think he has enough quickness to get the yak after well, I, the look i think other than quarterback which is the heart in my opinion the hardest position maybe in sports but if you take quarterback out because there's just so many things that you have to account for I think defensive back in the NFL with the way they've hamstrung these guys, yeah. penalties, you can't, yeah. you can't even breathe on a guy. I think it's a, the second hardest position behind quarterback. I, I would agree. You're on an island a lot against yeah. incredible yeah. athletes, and you can barely do anything. No. It's, it's a hard spot, man. You to, can't to clutch and grab. Up. Yeah. You, you, know, you can't – no more headshots. Um, yeah, you're right. And that's why a lot of down the field you get penalized for it's crazy. Even if it's hand fight, let's say both guys are hand fighting. It almost always goes to the defensive player rather than the offensive. Hey, look at the Super Bowl. Look at what happened in the Super Bowl. Yeah. That was the defining moment of the whole game. They passed interference call on a ball. that was uncatchable. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. They got Uh, the Patrick Mahomes call. Yeah. 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 It's true. It's true. All right. Let's come back. We're going to hit a couple things with the Eagles segment coming back next one. We're going to revisit Hassan Reddick's contract and sort of do a comparison to some of his peers uh, around the league. And we'll get a little bit more into the linebacking situation and just what's going on there with new bodies coming in. Are there going to be more bodies added? What exactly is happening there? So we'll we'll do sort of a two-pronged attack. And, and uh, news on Mariota in terms of how he's playing. So we'll give you a little update on that 
as well. So don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis hanging with you on this Wednesday. Let's talk about Bravo Pizza. You hungry right now? I know I am. A little Bravo Pizza of Havertown could hit the spot. Uh, I've been going there since I was a kid. They've been family-owned since 1985. Uh, so many options. That's what I love. They have 20 different styles of pizza. They have slices to go. They have specialized pizza your way, however you want it. But if you're not up for pizza, fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps, wings, they really have everything. Um, every box is checked there. Bravo Pizza is also committed to the community. They have fundraisers for charities, schools, little leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them on Instagram and Facebook at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown for specials and promotions. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown. That's 1305 Westchester Pike Manoa Shopping Center, Havertown. Give them a call, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first. And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. 
What's up, everybody? Welcome back in. We are Sports Take on this Wednesday. I am Rob Ellis. That is Derek Gunn. We're hanging out with you. Uh, please hit the like button if you could. All right, Gunner, let's uh, continue the birds talk here. And we had a good debate about this in the pre-show meeting. Uh, you know, Hassan Reddick. I mean, nobody's debating what he brought to the table last year and how impactful he was. So, but- should, we bring, should we bring Tona for this discussion? Because he had a good way in also. Yeah, please. Yeah, Tone, Come hop, on, Tone. In. hop in, man. I'm out of hiding, Tone. So the while Tone gets up, so the gist of the discussion wasn't, you know, what kind of player he is. It, it was basically, and by the way, keep in mind he was asked about this. Let me let me just be clear. This wasn't something that 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 Hassan brought up himself. He was asked about his contract, okay, last week, and then that it sort of became a thing um where you know you look at what he's the three-year deal that he signed with the eagles and there's a lot of people asking the question you know should they already tear up that contract for him okay so that right. that's the gist of this thing and, and derek you started digging around and looking at some what's up tone that's tone to shields our producer how you doing fellas good tone uh thanks for hopping on man um so gunner you started looking at some of the guys uh you know who are basically comparable you know play similar positions the thing is we all know that you could either list them at a linebacker or the edge. I always, yep. I always list these guys as edge guys. I look at them as defensive ends. I know in a three, four, they're considered linebackers as well, whatever, but guys who are comparable to him and what they're making, who really aren't as accomplished as Hassan has been certainly the last three years where he's been in double digit sacks with three different teams, which is, I don't, has that ever happened by the way, in NFL history? I wonder just, just as an aside, I'm just curious. I don't think so. It's a strange thing because usually if a guy's that productive, they'd be with either the same team or they'd go to to a team and sign a new deal. It wouldn't be three straight years. Right, know? right. You know, anyway. I, I don't know of a player who's who, who who's done it. I mean, yeah, it's, it, yeah, kind of unique, right? Kind of unique. But but so it's Gunner. So give me the gist of of kind of where you're going with this. So so there's 19 players. If you look at spot track under the AVV, there are 19 players who average more money per year than Hassan. Now that could be a little skewed because, you know, a lot of guys get X amount of money, you know, up front. Right. But, and then you have to take into consideration what, what, what age did they sign these contracts? And you look at a number of these contracts, they were signed before Hassan Reddick joined the Eagles. So he should have, based on two years of back-to-back sacks, his agent should have done that comparison to possibly enhance the numbers. Because I think, Harry Roseman got the best of this deal based on some of the numbers out there right now. Like, I look at a Max Crosby. Who's well, tell everybody with, what Hassan's making, Gunner. Before okay, so Hassan's average is fifteen million a year. All right, which is nothing to snub your nose up at. But when you look at some of the other guys above him, their averages, you know, it makes you wonder. Like, man, what the heck's going on here? Mm-hmm. And some of these guys, Hassan Reddick, in the last three years, has more sacks than they've had in their entire careers. Right. So you take that into consideration as well. Um, I look at a guy like Joey Bosa. Now we we all agree Joey Bosa is an outside an outstanding talent, twenty five years old. He signed his contract. He was twenty five. Mm-hmm. Um, he's making twenty seven million this year, and he's hurt all the time. And he's way. hurt. Yeah, and his, his brother is the real deal. Joey, I think, needs to show you can stay on the field. But anyway, exactly. Yep. Now three the last three years he's had twenty and a half sacks. Twenty and a half sacks. Okay, there's only two guys that have had more sacks in the last three years than Hassan Reddick, Miles Garrett and T.J. Watt. Yep, 44-43, then Hassan with 39 and a half. Yep. Um, 
you have a total of nine edge rushers, so-called edge rushers, whose contracts average in the $20 million a year. Nine. I don't think there's nine edge rushers over the last three years that are any better than Hassan Reddick. No. Okay? Um, I look at a guy like Harold Landry down in Tennessee. He signed his contract at age 25. He's averaging 17 and a half. For his career, um, he has 31 in four years. Mm-hmm. Okay? Now, I know it hurt Hassan Reddick because his first three years in the league, he only had like seven and a half sacks. But his last three, he's blown up. He's picked it up. 39 and a half. Okay? Yeah. Right. Um, I look at Shaquille Barrett. Now, Shaquille Barrett signed his contract when he was uh, 28. He had He's averaging $17 million a year. He's had 21 sacks in the last three. Now, he's got 51 and a half in his career, but only 21 over the last three. Mm-hmm. You know, did take a guy like Zach Allen. Zach Allen had one good year in Arizona. He parlays that into a contract going to Denver, averaging 15-2, which is still a little bit more than Hassan. Yeah. There's not 19 players that are ahead of Hassan Reddick. Trey Hendrickson, very good player in Cincinnati. But you look at his numbers, um, 35 and a half sacks over the last three. But yet he's averaging 21 million a year. All right, let, let me ask one question, and Tone, I want to get your take on this. I, I just the only thing that I would I would throw in there is Hassan being from South Jersey, playing at Temple, essentially being a Philadelphia guy. Yep. Did he take a, a, a bit of a hometown discount where maybe he and his agent could have held out longer and and pick your team, whoever could have gone, I believe he could have gone anywhere else for maybe a little bit more money, but he wanted to come back home. That's the only thing that I'll throw in there that maybe factored in a touch. I don't I believe. Think, I don't think he took a pickup because I look at it from this perspective. Like you said, D-Gun, his first three years. He was being misused. I'm not even going to say he wasn't good. I think he was just being misused. Yeah, it took Arizona too long and, to figure it out. Right, and also he was drafted in the first round, so he had that fifth-year option. Yep. So his fourth year in Arizona, he had the 12-and-a-half sacks. That was his breakout season, right? Yep. But Arizona's organization that typically doesn't do things right anyway, so they looked at it as, okay, we're going to off this guy and try to get and try to get value. I think he got traded to uh, to the Panthers. He did. He did. Matt yeah. Matt Rule traded for him in Carolina. Right. Matt Rule's last year. Right. So he got traded from the Cardinals to the Panthers. The Cardinals. The Cardinals are probably looking at it from this perspective. Well, we well we have three years of this guy not doing nothing, and he has his breakout year. What are the odds of him doing it again? Let's trade yeah. him and get some value for him. Well, and right. or maybe they were going to run a different defense that maybe didn't fit his, yep. right. his style as well. Right, right. They, they already were running a defense three years that wasn't really fitting his style in the first place, so they yep. probably got lucky that one year. But nonetheless, he gets traded to Carolina. Carolina gets him. He has 11 sacks. A little less, not that not that drastic, but a little less. Anything can happen, but he had 11 sacks. A solid season, right? But also remember, that's a contract year. That's the fifth-year option he was playing on. Yep. So at that point, Carolina, Carolina's probably looking at it as, okay, can he do it again? I don't know if I can invest big money in this guy. So now he's a free agent. And then at that point, that's where Philly comes in. And, and remind you, at that time, he signs the contract. He's 28 years old. So he already was a late bloomer in the NFL. Two different situations, two different teams looked at him as, mm, maybe he's a one-hit wonder. I don't know. Yeah. He clearly shown that that wasn't the case. Obviously, we saw what he did in Philadelphia. But what he did in Carolina, what he did in Arizona, got him in the door in Philadelphia, right? What he did in 2022, if he does that again, that'll keep him 
in the house. You get what I'm saying? So yeah. So so I look at it as Harry Rosen's probably looking at it from these other from these other organizations' perspective as well. Okay, you did it. We you know you you were a huge contributor to this team, and we're not dis, we're not dismissing your contributions. Yeah. But what you did in Carolina, Arizona, okay, that got you here. You you, you gave us sixteen. You gave us sixteen and a half sacks. Let's make it nineteen and a half if you want to include the playoffs. You balled out for us. All right, let's see if you could do it again. Also, you're only in the first year. Your first, you're only entering the second year of your deal. We gave you thirty million up front, an average of fifteen million per year. When you think about what he did around that time, especially given the fact that you weren't sure if he can consistently do, uh, if he can consistently maintain that level of play, fifteen right. million with thirty million up front, three years, forty-five million. I think I think he made out pretty well. Let me throw one more thing into that mix. Okay. So he is undersized, right? Now I I could care. He doesn't play the run that well. Let's be right. honest. And I, I personally, I don't care because he produces, but we know how GMs and, and personnel people love measurables. And mm-hmm. he is a smaller guy. He's undersized. He's essentially kind of built like a safety in, in a yep. lot of ways. Uh, that hurt them. Take a guy like, just for example, this past draft, Nolan Smith. Nolan Smith has a similar body type. I'm not saying they're exactly the same. He Actually, Nolan looks a little bit more stout than, than Reddick even does. Mm-hmm. But I think because he was sort of a tweener, that hurt him too. Like they fall in love with this crap. I'm not saying it's good or justified, but that does play into it too. Sometimes that he doesn't absolutely tweeners have a hard time um, getting paid big money in this league for sure. Based on what Tom said, why is Hassan Reddick always under the umbrella of show me? Why? It it, be because of where he, in my opinion, just based off his circumstances, when it comes to his contract, that 2020 season, he was, he was in the fourth year of the deal Three years prior to that, he didn't give them anything. So they again they look at it as show me. The year after that, he went to Carolina. He showed he showed them that he was able to maintain it, but they probably didn't want to dedicate that dedicate that money. They probably had Brian Burns, I think, still sitting in the Raptors, unless they drafted right. him the same year. I'm not entirely sure. But um, and again, it goes back to what Rob said, the whole tweener thing. He is relatively undersized, but he still gets it done. And we saw in Philadelphia that his size does not stop him from getting to the quarterback. We saw him and running situations not necessarily make that big of an impact, but still 16 and a half sacks and nothing to sneeze at. So, you know, I think if he can deliver another year similar to what he did, I'm not saying 16 and a half sacks, that's pretty hard to do regularly. You know, right. it's, hard, it's hard to average that. But if he can get you, I think, honestly, I think Hassan Reddick should be living around 13, 14 sacks. If he can get you that, I have no problem paying him again. But the, the money has to be right because even though I'm a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles and also I'm a fan of Hassan Reddick, a big fan at that, I had to look at it from the perspective of Harry Roseman. And he's looking at it as, okay, I drafted Nolan Smith, right? And by time, about time your contract ends, you're going to be 31 years old. What's the likelihood of me dedicating big money to a 31-year-old edge rusher who's already undersized? And But but again, if, if the production continues, you have no choice but to find a way to keep that man in the building. Yeah, so I, I, also, I, yeah I also like – I'm sorry. Maybe this is very old school of me, but like, – right. He signed a three-year deal. He did it last year, and it was awesome. Like personally, he's got to do it one more year before I extend him. I'm I, not, agree, I agree with you 100. He just signed the deal. Yeah, like so it's, I get the notion. I mean, some people are like, "Tear that thing up right now." No, do it another year, and before he heads into the last year of it, then you get it. Taken. Right. That, that's my mindset. Right. No, I have, I have no problem with the structure, and I agree with you guys 100. percent you know, if, if you, you put your name on a contract, be man enough to play under the contract, whether you agree with it or not. And we're not sitting here saying Hassan's going to buck the system and hold right. out. And no, he's, no. Not. Yeah. he's I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it either. You know, right. 
Right. I'm looking at it as give, give me another year of that player. You know yeah, what I mean? Exactly. 16, 16 and a half sacks. You did that. Okay. For but then, then I look at a, I look at a, I look at a DN like a, a Draymond Jones, who's barely getting his feet wet, wet the league. All right. He's averaging seventeen point one. He's got twenty two in four years. Okay. Uh, Alex Highsmith really came on last year. He had fourteen and a half last year. Mm-hmm. He parlays that into a big contract. He's got. Wait, so wait, no, he's got uh, 22 and a half in three years. Okay, but he parlayed that into a big contract. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But there's a whole guarantee money, too. How much money how, he how, how well do those guys play the run, too? Exactly. Yeah. 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 What's their side? Yeah. I mean, now there are guys on this list, like, all of a sudden, you know, all summer long, all we heard was the Vikings are looking to trade Daniil Hunter, okay? Then all of a sudden, they give him a one-year deal for $17 million. You look at Daniel Hunter's uh, numbers; he's got 31 sacks. Now he's been in the league seven. Uh, seven yeah, he's years. older, I think, right? He's older. Yeah, he's older. Um, a lot of these guys got based on names: Chandler Jones, Daniel Hunter, Cameron Jordan, New Orleans. Cameron Jordan deserves everything he can get. He has 115 and a half sacks in his career. Yeah, but over the last three years, Cameron Jordan only has 28 and a half sacks. Let me push back Bob really quick, really quick, really yeah. quick right? When it comes to a guy like Alex Highsmith, right, a young guy, he just got paid, like you said. He just got paid. See, I, I know we get, I know we get really caught up in like the annual averages, and we get caught up on the overall sure. size of the contract. But I'm looking at guaranteed money. That's the money they actually going to touch before anything else. Right. When it comes to Alex Highsmith, he only got 27.7 million of total guarantees, and 17 million was guaranteed at signing. Hassan was Hassan was given gift wrap. 30. Yeah, that's oh, a, that's yeah. a big that's a big piece that's of this a big thing. Number. up yep. front. So when I look at it from that perspective, he made out very well up yeah. front. He he, he could have gave us nothing this year. Yeah. And he yeah. would have got 30 million just because he showed up. So yeah. I think he made out pretty well. The length of the deal was actually more favorable. Like because... I'm not in the camp that this guy is just getting screwed. I'm not. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I'm shocked that when yeah. you look at the average numbers, there's 19 guys whose numbers average higher than Hassan Reddick. Yeah. yeah based on what he's done over the last couple of years. A guy like Khalil Mack has only had 23 in the last three years, but he's Khalil Mack. He's going. To he, he's got a name. Yeah, he's clearly yeah. on the downside, but he's living yeah. off his name. Yeah. And he's he's averaging 23 and a half. Yeah. And he signed his contract when he was 27. And he's averaging 23 and a half. Miles Garrett's going to get his money. Bradley Chubb only has 28 and a half in a five-year career, but he goes down to Miami and parlays that into a big deal. It's hurt a lot, too. Yep. It's hurt, too. So it's yep. – you're, you know, you, and he gets you are saying anything yeah. wrong. You're and not saying anything wrong. Money. His average contract is is uh twenty two million. Mm-hmm. So I'm saying, you know, he now he signed that contract when he was twenty six. Right. I think he's twenty eight now, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not saying that the Eagles didn't do a good job of getting him. His agent didn't do a good job of getting as much money up front as he could. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, if the agent had done his homework a little bit more, he might have been able to parlay that into more money. Great. It's yeah, possible. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, but- look, he, he he could be the rare circumstance where he gets the massive second, third contract payday. He could. I mean, he – or extension or whatever it ends right. up being. And, and, again, this is only um, Hassan's second contract, technically. Exactly. Right. This is his second right. contract. So, he had – the fact that it's three years, maybe his agent – looked. maybe him and his agent talked it over and said, look, hey, Hassan, you get to go home. They're willing to give you $30 million up front, and it's That's a three right. – and it's a three-year deal. So technically, your first two years are guaranteed. The fact yep. that it's three years, we're giving you enough time on the back end to recoup and get a bigger contract, you know, before you reach age 32, 33. 
So even though it may not be the biggest contract compared to everyone else, you got that flexibility. You got thirty million in the bank, and right. you can re- and you can renegotiate at the year two. Yeah, I would say this also: if Howie Rose, if let's say Hassan gets twelve, let's say he doesn't equal sixteen, let's right. say he gets twelve anywhere twelve or better, I I believe Howie Roseman will look at that and give him an extension next offseason. Yep, and I you know agree. I do? think so too. He's going to money up front. That's what it's not going to happen now. It'll happen next year. Yeah. If you yep. see a similar year, I, I believe that. It will happen. And this is why the Eagles win, right? I was I was talking to Cilio about this. The Eagles don't just win on the field. The reason – there are some teams, the reason they don't win on the field is because they don't win off the field. And what I mean by right. that is they're not winning in the – they're not winning yes, in front yes. office. They're not yep. winning when it comes to the business, right? Let's think about the Dallas Cowboys for a second, right? You know, I, I think I, I think I um I think I shared these numbers with you guys, but – the, uh, the the Dallas Cowboys their their whole cap situation is yep. completely screwy when it comes to allocation and percentage of the cap and and also where and, and where it's allocated right the Philadelphia Eagles do such an amazing job at allocating resources and they do such an amazing job at negotiating and re, and, and restructuring and giving and giving money to players up front. Because at the end of the right. day, that's what the players care about more than anything. They care about how much money am I going to get in the bank today? Yeah, right. And and Howie Roseman and the Eagles have done an amazing job to have their business dealings. That they have, they've done an amazing job to have success in business and have it translate to the field. Some so a lot of organizations can't put two you know two and two in the same breath. That they, they just can't. Yeah. I the agree. only time the Eagles got caught was when they gave Carson Wentz that big contract. One time they got caught. One of them. And they had to eat that one year where they couldn't do anything because they were handcuffed by his big number, his big cap number. Mm-hmm. But outside of that, Howie Roseman, and I've said that about, been on record a number of times, Howie Roseman is the best of the best when it comes to structuring cap. It favors the team so they have wiggle room. Once they get through a season, they can automatically identify what they need, hit the ground running in free agency. Yeah, yeah. and really, really quickly, you know why he's the best? And, I, and, I, and again, again once, you, once you guys wind me up, I, I love it. But um, another reason why he's – so great at what he's done with what he does. This doesn't get talked about enough. Think about other GMs in the NFL. They're they're looking at their shelf life like I got three, maybe four years to get this thing right. Harry Roseman has been given so much grace, so much latitude from Jeffrey Lurie to not just mess mess up, but he's been given so much space and time to clean up. And there aren't many situations in the NFL where a GM has so much flexibility, so much wiggle room to really play around yeah. with the numbers and really just you know, really master the cat. Howard Roseman probably wouldn't have this this amount of flexibility or this amount of latitude to really master the cap the way he had the way he has now if he's if he was treated like any other GM. If yeah. if, if Jeffrey Lurie didn't value stability the way he does, Howard Roseman probably would have been a traveling GM two years here, three years there, four years there, and probably wouldn't have been able to develop, you know, his his mastery of the cap the way he has now. I think yeah. the other thing that just to add to that uh, that is maybe the most remarkable thing about Howie isn't necessarily the comeback from the closet. I think the most remarkable thing is they win a Super Bowl with a different quarterback and coach, and five years later they have a new coach and a new quarterback, and they're back in the Super Bowl. I mean, that, do. that doesn't happen in that league. That's crazy yeah. Yeah. on the fly fixing something, not rebuilding and going into a tank you know, Mo, just doing it on the fly. And that's that's really, I mean, that's an unbelievable thing. And, and take take Howie's status back even further. Howie learned how to how to work the cap under the best in the business when they implemented a cap in Joe Banner. Nobody was better. They called Joe Banner the capologist. As a matter of fact, I can remember when the 76ers, no, the Flyers, when the, when the NHL went to a cap, 
the Flyers called Joe Banner to help them figure out a cap. Exactly. See, so yeah. so Howie Roseman learned his lesson well under the best of the best in terms of understanding what a cap is, how you maneuver around it, how you can move money around, how you can hide money to make it look legit. You know, he learned from the best. I agree. I agree with you. Tell yeah. good good stuff, man. I, we appreciate you uh, you sharing. Man, thanks, for, thanks for coming out of hiding. Hey, listen, I appreciate you guys for letting me out of the closet. I feel like Harry Rules, and I feel there you go. There you go. Thanks, Tone. Oh, All right, man. Let's, let's All do right, it. Uh, hey, I, Gunner, I did want to pick up on something. We, uh, whoop. <laughs> See, Tone's flexing now. He got, Gunner, you got tossed off for a second. Hey, listen, I got, the, I got the ball heads mixed up. Mixed what up happened? You confused yourself. You I got confused the ball yourself. heads mixed up. Oh, my God, man. You know what? That just goes to show, Derek, how quickly we can be eliminated from this. I thing. know. Oh, man. Yeah. I got the ball Tone has the juice. My bad, fellas. My bad. Wow. Okay. Tone flexing. All right. Um, no, I'm just teasing. But uh, we talked about the Nicobe Dean thing. And, and li- it's more of a linebacker discussion, you know, than anything else uh, that we talked about the other day. But, um, you know, they let, depending on how you look at it, like TJ Edwards walked for not a lot of money. Now, he may have really just badly wanted to get back to Chicago. I, I don't know. I don't know TJ Edwards well enough to make a call on that. I know he's from Chicago, whatever. They could have kept him, Derek, and it would not have killed him cap-wise. And, and again, it's really early to make this kind of statement or prediction, but do you think that was a mistake considering what's going on now with them kind of scrambling here a little bit? Well, when you draft a, a, a kid the caliber of a Nicobe Dean, and in, in this day and age where you can't keep everybody, you had to get this kid in here sooner rather than later, and you look at the way this defense is structured, you have enough veteran presence around him to help maybe hide some of the deficiencies he's, he might have. You have enough guys in the trenches that are proven. You have enough edge rushers that are proven. Um, you got an outside guy, Hassan Reddick, as well. Um, you bring in some more veteran pre- – you, you look at this, you're already bringing in more veteran presence in Miles Jack, you know, and, and, and Cunningham. You know, back in, same way, cornerbacks. Um, you you have enough people around. You've got to get younger. Teams say it all the time. You got to get younger in order to try to get better, you know. Uh, and we we have to identify every year where we need to use the most capital to to make this team as good as we need, which means somebody's getting paid and somebody is not getting paid. Now, we know the Eagles don't invest a lot in the linebacking position, period. Mm -hmm. So whatever T.J. Edwards got in Chicago, the Eagles weren't going to pay it, no matter what. They knew knew before the season was over that T.J. Edwards was not coming back to the Eagles. So what happens? They didn't have to draft a linebacker for that position. They already had one. They drafted one who slipped through the cracks for three rounds of two plus rounds and they got him. Okay. So now it's his turn. And we, what we've seen of Howie is you get two to three years to prove it. If not, you'll be the next Jalen Rager on a short bus out of here. Right. You know, plain and simple, mm-hmm. but you got to get, you got you know, read Blankenship. You got to get younger. You got to get younger with the Kobe. You got to get younger in the trench with Jalen Carter uh, if Hassan Reddit's not going to be here forever. It's Nolan Smith is replacement, mm-hmm. so on and so forth. Everything, every team goes through it. The luxury the Eagles have is they have pro bowlers all across the field to make up for those deficiencies. And if the offense, if the defense doesn't hold up, offense can carry the team. Yeah, how many teams can say that? Yeah, true. That's true. Hey, look, it's a risk, but we all we know that's a position. Even last year, it's not like T.J. Edwards. 
and Kaiser White were making crazy good money. They're just not going to pay that spot. It's not right. a spot that they value no. in, in, in terms of the dollar amount. And, no. you know, I, I think that they need to Kobe Dean to be able to play because what you're now, the mode that you're in a little bit here is with miles Jack and, and Zach Cunningham. And I, I talked to Jeff Kerr about this last night, our buddy, Jeff Kerr from CBS sports. He right. actually thinks that it's going to end up being Zach Cunningham and the Kobe Dean as your starters. Okay. More than miles Jack, more than miles Jack. And he thinks that Nicholas Morrow may not even be on the team to start the regular season. I mean, mm. that's, you know, that, that wouldn't be a great look if that were the case. Mm. That would not be a great look. Interesting perspective. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it's definitely something to keep your eye on with the, with this team and, and these guys and how they progress. Now, the, the tough thing has been Nicobe being limited so far, and he, got, he was back at practice right. a little bit. He's losing, but, valuable, he's losing valuable practice time. But, that's the thing, yeah. Um, but he's, 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 had, he's had his full fill of OTAs, the, 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 the abbreviated mini camp. He's gotten the necessary teaching the first few days of, of, of summer training camp. Uh, he's missing a game rep to, to get a better feel for it, especially at the, at that speed, which is a much uh, more increased speed. Um, but they're willing to have patience with him. You know, you put him there for a reason. I wanted him to, to be honest. I wanted to see him play the will position. Yeah. I think he would be much more disruptive from the will. You know, at, at 215 pounds, whatever he is, 220, yep. is he a little light for the middle? Maybe. But we've seen smaller linebackers play the inside you know, across the league in re recent years and play at a Pro Bowl level. Mm -hmm. You know, so now it's his turn to prove that he can hold it down. If not, Howie will give him a couple of seasons to identify that. You know, I, I, I can't – I, I always remember this est in my mind. When they drafted a safety out of Temple named Jaquan Jarrett in the second round, and how he was salivating at the prospects of this guy hitting, big hitter. All of a sudden, two years later, he's gone. Yeah, he wasn't what we thought he was. They're not. They're not bashful about pulling the trigger. You know, they've learned a lesson. Hey, we got to eat crow and move on. We got to eat crow. They saw as much as they wanted to see out of Jalen Rager. What did they give him? Three years. Right. Didn't pay it out. Yeah. Right. Move yeah. on. What did they get? Devontae Smith. Mm -hmm. Nobody remembers Jalen Rager now that you got Devontae Smith, right? Well, that that's what I where I also give them credit. They're they're willing to admit a mistake, whether they you, they say it publicly or not. You you trade them for a bag of balls. You, you're admitting a mistake and you're moving on. Yes. And the other part of it is, prior to that, you 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 went right back to the well and drafted another receiver right Absolutely. away. Absolutely. So you aren't afraid to do that. That I would much prefer that. Yeah, we're all always going to look at Justin Jefferson as the one who got away, right? Always. Yep. But I, you, the mistakes happen. It don't compound them. Don't make it worse and, and don't say, oh, well, we're not going to take a receiver because we took one last year. No, if you, Devontae Smith, you can get him, get him. And, and look what he's turned into. And he's only entering his third year and he hasn't even, he's not even where he's going to be as a receiver no. in this game. The only thing I'll say about just to back to Nicobe Dean for a minute, like when you play as well as he played in the, in the toughest conference by far in college football, right? And you're the best player on that side of the ball, like there's something there. I know it doesn't always yep. translate to the NFL, but. Like I, we just got to have a little bit of patience here with this guy. Absolutely, just let him get Absolutely. out there and play. Yeah, that's the biggest thing for me. Is just give this guy the opportunity. Now, we talked about Nic Nicholas Morrow a lot. I have no idea what Nicholas Morrow is. Uh, you know, I don't and, and that this is where I, I think I, I buy into Jeff's theory, and like he's the one who could be in trouble. Not so much Nicobe Dean. 
uh, with all of this. But well, at that's, least that's what I said. That's what I've said for weeks. Yeah. That's why we've talked about Christian Ellis pushing him. And now that you have Cunningham and a Miles Jack, Miles Jack can play inside or outside. He's playing the four three. He's played the three four. Mm-hmm. He's got that veteran experience. You know, he's played at a high level. Unfortunately, this degenerative knee issue is going to linger throughout his career. May even cut his career short. Yeah. But he has the ability and the wherewithal to do it. Right. If not, Cunningham does as well. You know, so that's why I've said since June that I thought Morrow's the one that could be the odd man out. His contract's not guaranteed. There's no guaranteed money in this contract. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, and, and the thing is, no, none of these guys are what you would call pricey. I mean, think about it. Nicobe Dean's a third-round pick. Nicholas Morrow, nothing guaranteed, as you mentioned. Uh, right. uh, I think Miles Jack and Cunningham can top out at 2.5. None of these guys yeah. are costing you a ton of money. So you, I'm nope. sure none of that money's guaranteed either. You can move on if that's the case. Trial and error, basically trial and error, and you yeah. get out scot-free. If it doesn't work out after this season, you get out scot-free. Yes, yeah. So, again, it's going to be interesting to see what happens here, but I, the, the one tough part, too, is I'm not sure you're going to see any N'Kobe Dean in these preseason games. So uh, the I joint would, practices, I, I guess, is where we can get an idea of what he looks like, but that's the other part. Like, I would really consider playing him in some of these games, but – yeah, I mean, with this high ankle sprain and way this, with the way those things work, um, I, I, he is, he's not touching the field for me, at least the first couple of preseason games. Yeah, I, I guess to. I say that if he was healthy, but you're right. I mean, there, there's that factor, too. Yeah. yeah, he does need a game rep somewhere, but the first two with this high ankle sprain, I'm going to err on the side of caution. Yeah. He doesn't. You have enough players that need to get in some work, you know, young players and older players, I you know. know. Miles, Jack, Cunningham, they need to get some game reps in this system to get on the verbal communication with everybody in front of them and on each side of them. Yeah. You know, uh, N'Kobe Dean needs it also, but I'm not pressing him into service if he's going to be, be my main guy. Right. You, you're going to need these backups too. Whoever the, the backups are, they need the reps. Let them play the game. I agree. I agree. Hey, the other, the other. Let me just throw this out there just to jump off the linebackers for a minute. It, it had been a rough first few weeks for, for Marcus Mariota, but by all accounts – and, and and everybody who was there today at the link, he's starting to, to come around. Uh, and he had his best day today by far. Like, apparently, he was just dropping dimes all over the place today. And uh, Tone brought this up during our pre-show meeting, and it's something that John McMullen's been talking about. One of the disadvantages that, that Mariota's operating under is a lot of times he has wh- whoever they're, they're plugging in there at the backup center spot. Yeah. And it's not even Jurgens because Jurgens is getting to work with the, with the ones. So – you know, there's been bad snaps, which throws the timing of everything off. There, that's all the stuff you have to also take into account too with with these guys when we're talking about what they're how they look like in practice, because that's something that Mariota can't control. So, and, I, you know, I, it look it seems like he's starting to understand the system a little bit better and getting yeah. it down a little bit more. Well, not only that, Rob, but also taking into consideration if they keep Jurgens at the right guard spot, who's your backup center? Okay, then you're talking about multiple guys he's taking snaps from. And each one has a different feel or, you know, a different way they place the ball in the quarterback's hand. Got to yeah. get used to that as well. Right. So, you know, he, he's, I, you know, people are talking about he's having a bad camp. He's having, okay, well, he's learning a new system and he's he's get, taking snaps from, from various different guys instead of one guy consistently. You know, people say, well, that shouldn't be that hard, but it is. Quarterbacks like the ball handed to them a certain way. You know, that's, that's strategic, as Jason Kelsey would tell you, that's, that is the definitive start of the play. How I get the ball into the hands of the most important guy on this offense to start the play, whether it's a run play or pass play. Yeah. When you're taking snaps from multiple guys, 
you're not getting a true feel for how the ball's coming to you. Right. That's a good point. That is a good point. So that that's all. Again, I'm just just keep all that stuff in mind when you see these. Oh my God, he, he missed this guy. He threw a pick. Whatever. I thought Brian Johnson had uh, interesting things to say yesterday when he spoke to the media too, Derek, about uh, Jalen. One of the things he said was, look, he's very smart at avoiding contact. One of the best guys I ever saw at that was Brian Westbrook. I thought he was great at that. Um, yeah. And I do feel like Jalen has that because we've seen guys who don't have that that trait. Michael Vick didn't have that trait. And that, yeah. and that hurt him. That hurt him. Um, some things you definitely can't control. But I think the things that are controllable, I do think Jalen is pretty good at that, at, at either getting down, getting out of bounds, not trying to be a hero and taking on some giant linebacker. You know, you need to be that way. You really do. You want to be upright and breathing and leading the team? Yes. And, and, and if now that you say that, you go back to last season, and I thought he did an excellent job of protecting himself when he had to, whether it's in the middle of the field, down the sideline. And I also like the fact that he there were a couple of times when you thought he was going to step out of bounds, he turned it up and kept going and picked up an additional 5, 10, 12 yards as well. I think he's very heady when it comes to that. You know, and that's a significant part of him preserving his body right. and being on the field instead of on IR for this team. And he's learned that at such a young age and how to protect his body. You know, I'm not a Buffalo Bills fan, but it makes me tighten in my fist when I see Josh Allen lower his shoulder and take a, a would-be tackler head on. Mm-hmm. You know, Josh Allen is one of these guys. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not just going to sit down. You know, I'm not going to let you guys just take a shot at me. I'm going to inflict some pain as well. Well, you get hit up around the shoulders, and you need the shoulders to throw the football. Somebody's got to get to a Josh Allen and tell, dude, would you please just slide? I understand nobody's questioning your mental toughness, your mental psyche, but we need you in the huddle. We don't need you standing on the sideline holding the clipboard for us. Yeah, I, I am very curious to watch Josh Allen this year. Is he going to be smarter in that aspect? Is he going to be smarter with taking care of the football? Not like he had a bad year, but you, I thought he took a little bit of a step backwards last year. And I agree yeah. with you. I don't care how big you are. I know Josh Allen looks like he's a linebacker. Those guys will, will take your head off if you keep messing around with them. They will end you. So he's got to be smart. I, I would hope that at this stage of his career, he sees that now. He's not the young kid anymore. He's got to get it. I go back to a quarterback named Jamarcus Russell. He was big enough to play linebacker. Look how short his career was. Because uh, a big part of it was because of knee injuries. He would, here's a guy who would, would lower his shoulder in the mindset of a, a running back carrying the ball. And he took a lot of unnecessary shots and ended up more more injured than he should have been. Cost him a lot of his career. Yeah. you know. And I don't think Josh Allen is to that degree. But I've seen enough Buffalo Bills games to say, man, what, Josh, what are you doing, man? Right. What are you doing? I understand you're trying to get the extra yard and so on and so forth. But as a quarterback – you got to live to see the next play. If you're a franchise quarterback, you've got to live to see the next play. And you automatically know where the first down markers are anyway. And you fight for an extra two or three yards for what? If, if, if all you got to worry about is getting that first down, keep the clock moving, keep the ball in your hands. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Forget all this mental toughness stuff, dude. Nobody's questioning your psyche. Yep. Save no, your I agree. body. I agree. I agree. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's keep the football talk rolling here, Derek. When we come back, we have two things we're going to attack. We're, we're, we're going to preview the AFC North and how we think they're going to finish. And we're also going to look at teams most likely to be in the playoffs who were not playoff teams last year. Right. Okay. So we'll hit that two prong attack when we get back 
1.30, Greg Murphy, uh, Phillies radio pre- and post-broadcaster. Uh, so we'll talk to Murph coming up at 1.30, a full-blown NFL segment at 2 o'clock. So don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I want to tell you about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group because knowing who to trust with your finances can be scary. And look, I was right there in the front of the line for a very long time, but found the right person. And it's Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review, you might have a small business and you need help with your employee benefits. That's another resource that Jim can assist you with. I've personally entrusted my IRA and my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. Uh, you will be too. He's also great as a consultant, as a sounding board, if you have any questions. Give him a call, 610-996-4751, 610-996-4751. You could also email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray, dot Jim at principal.com. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis with you on this Wednesday. Greg Murphy coming up at the bottom of the hour to talk some Phillies. All right, Gunner. So let's look at the playoff teams, or at least the non-playoff teams, I'm sorry, from last year that we think may have a chance to be playoff teams this year. Um, so I, I went through it, Derek, and I think there are legitimately – I have six teams that okay. I think are legitimate. Um let me bounce them off you, and you tell me if you think I'm missing anybody, okay? I'll, I'll start in the AFC. Yep. Uh, my AFC teams are the Jets, who weren't in the playoffs last year, who I think yep. will be this year. The Steelers, yep. uh, who weren't there last year, I think. And the Broncos. They're my three teams in the AFC. My, my NFC teams are the Lions, the Saints, and the Falcons. Boom. Yep. You tell me if I'm missing anybody who 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 you're looking at to. Let's see. I, I'm going to include Tennessee in that, to be honest. Okay. Simply okay. because of the addition of DeAndre Hopkins to open up things even more so for Derrick Henry. You know, now you got Traylon Burks and DeAndre Hopkins. You got to worry about that's going to open up the running game a little bit more for Derrick Henry. And if you can control, Tennessee is not this electric offense. But they are a grinded out offense, and they got a defense that prides itself in playing physical. I can see Tennessee winning a number of you know knockdown, dragout type games uh, because they have that Mike Vrabel mentality to the game. So Tennessee was seven and ten last year. If DeAndre Hopkins stays healthy, if Traylon Burke stays healthy, and here obviously, um, I think they have a decent shot of challenging Jacksonville for that division title. I think Rob is Rob is frozen. Did Rob freeze up on me? I'm back. There he is. Derek, I just lost power and it went like kablooey. Like what, the house or just your computer? The house. And it just came back on, but like I also heard a bang and I just lost it again in the house. What? I just lost it again. Like if you notice, my light just went on and off. I'm, I'm showing you my my can you see my light there? Yeah. So everything just went. Bang! Like I heard a bang, and it went off. So I'm oh going to go goodness. upstairs and get in a, a more better lighting situation for you. So go ahead. So I, I threw those six teams at you. Why don't you keep going? So I so I added I added Tennessee, and I said with the addition of DeAndre Hopkins, that's going to open up the running game even more. So you right. know, Tennessee takes on that Mike Vrabel mentality, tough, rugged, grinded out type offense and defense. Mm -hmm. uh, I can see them winning a number of knockdown, drag out type games. And yeah. all I, to be honest with you, um, and, and and I feel they have the wherewithal. They stay healthy. You got Jeffrey Simmons on the defensive side leading that defense, you know, and he's happy now. He's got that new big contract. Mm -hmm. I think if they stay healthy, they may surprise you in the AFC South. I honestly do, and it might save Rabel's job as well. It could be. I mean, how much of that though? Like, do you trust the quarterback play enough? I know they add Hopkins. That's a big deal. Traylon Burks in his second year. That's a big deal. He's going to be that much better. But do you trust either Tannehill or if they end up, you know, turning it over to one of the rookies? Well, I say one of the rookies. Malik Willis is not a rookie. But do you trust the, the quarterback play enough there? Um, you look at Tannehill. He's he's he he can be a steady Eddie type quarterback. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm looking at, you know, three of his last four years um, in Tennessee. Okay, so you go back to 2020. Mm -hmm. He had 33 touchdowns. Uh, let's go back to 2019. 
Okay. 22, 22 touchdowns, only six interceptions. He played 12 games. Pretty good. Yeah. 2020, 33 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. Mm-hmm. And then last year, um, he only played 12 games. He had 13 and six. So he takes care of the football. He didn't have the weapons, the overall weapons last year to do what he mm-hmm. wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, he got hurt as well. Yeah. Now, you, people think, well, one player does not win. For you, but one player, one prominent player can change the complexion of how you, you scheme offensively and defensively, we can op- which opens up a lot of things. And mm-hmm. DeAndre Hopkins is that guy that forces defenses to scheme differently. You can't cheat now. You can't cheat more guys at the line of scrimmage and just cover trailing Burks and then focus on Derrick Henry getting the football. Now you got to worry about that other guy on the other side who's already a proven commodity as well and has not been known to make a lot of DBs look extremely bad. You may even have to play guys more over the top. Yeah. Down in the box, you may have to play more guys over the top against the likes of a Tennessee. So um, I think if those if they keep the four components healthy, I think Tennessee is going to surprise the people and be right there with Jacksonville at the end. Okay. Uh, yeah, like I think that's fair. I, I, th- I really feel strongly about the Jets and the Broncos in particular. I, I, the Steelers yeah. are in such a tough division that that could go a lot of different ways. But if Pickett plays well, man, th- I, all three and throw Tennessee in there, I think all three are, are very real in terms of getting in. Yeah, um, the Jets, there's no, there's no way the Jets are supposed to screw this up this year. They should have been a playoff team last year. They didn't have a quarterback. They, they had Mike White and and the Milf. Did I just say that again? The Milf. That's that and and and, and they they were, they were going nowhere. They went out yeah. and they improved it. You got Adrian Amos. You know, once they lost the starting safety, they yep. quickly jumped on Adrian Amos this summer for a team that was a top five defense. You brought in not only a future Hall of Fame quarterback, but you brought in some of his boys boys from the hood, so to yep. speak. Yep. And Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard. You already had the offensive rookie of the year. You have the defensive rookie of the year. You got a pretty good offensive line. You got a pretty good running attack with, with Brees Hall coming back. What else do you need? No, it's there. I mean, the defense, if you look at their defensive numbers last year, their defense was really, really good. It yes. really came back. It came down to quarterback play for them. And if if I think Rodgers is on a little bit of a mission here to, to show everybody, A, he's still a stud, and B, that he can be a good teammate. We've already seen that part of it. Yes. Um, so I, I think he's really bonded with these guys. He's made it a point to, to, to work and get along with the young guys. So I, I think he's really – this is going to be like an all-out sort of old-school Aaron Rodgers approach. He, he's going to be he's gonna be trouble this year. I, I believe yeah. that. Yeah, um, I, think, I think he knows this is his swan song. Yeah. Um, all right, go over to go to the NFC. Look, I I hesitate sometimes with the Lions because it's they're like everybody's hot team, but I do still think there's too much talent there, uh, especially on the offensive side. The problem they're going to have still is defense, although they've added. I mean, they did a good job in the draft. Hutchinson looks like a stud. CJGJ, that kind of thing. They'll be better. The question is how much better the Lions are going to be. Uh. Can 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 the additions they've made help help the defense out more? I mean, help the offense out more. Yeah. Um, offensively, this is this is a very explosive look, looking team. Mm-hmm. You know, you drafted Jameer Gibbs, great young running back, to go along with a proven vet in David Montgomery. Amon Ross St. Brown is is coming. He's going to be mentioned in the top top ten. You know, yep. 
Uh, Jameis Williams is what? Suspended six games. Six. Okay. You still have Marvin Jones Jr. You have Josh Reynolds. You have Denzel Mims now that you got, you brought in. And then let's face it, Denzel's been a bust elsewhere. But you know what? Sometimes a change of scenery changes. Mm -hmm. They are deep at wide receiver. They've got a yeah. pretty good offensive line because they had a pretty good running game. Aiden Hutchinson is is a baller. You know, he he showed out his rookie year. Yep. And it, and and they've added some. They've added a few other pieces on the defensive side. We have we have been as well as everybody nationally has been singing the praises of of the Lions for so long. That I, I don't think the only the only thing the Lions have to fear is themselves. Yep. That's all they yep. have to fear. Winston Churchill. Who was that? Or was that Roosevelt? That was Roosevelt. Roosevelt. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> great, um, great, great call there. The only thing we have to fear is fear it's, itself. Yeah, itself. Yes. Yeah, the, a lot of young people they don't know their history. Yeah, like look, look it up, kids. Look it up, kids. All yeah. right. So um the other one is the uh the Saints. And I know they're your they're your team. They're your yeah. team that you've been pointing to in the South. Um I, I think you know, one of the big things for them is can they land this plane with getting you know, Kareem Hunt. We're going to get into that later. That was that's this is a weird story, man. What's what's going on there with him? But they need a little help at running back, Derek. They're thin there, but they add Barn, they add uh, Derek Carr, and they have really good receivers. They have a good defense. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to like with the Saints team for sure. Um, another team. All they needed was a quarterback. They have everything else, and the key is is Michael Thomas all the way back. Is he all the way back? If he is, you know, Traquan Smith has been a great, like, number three receiver for them for a, for a long time. Um, Jawan Johnson is a pretty good tight end for him. Taysom Hill is that Swiss Army Knight. They moved him over now to, to tight end. Yeah. You know, I keep forgetting about it. They also have Foster Moreau, but Foster Moreau's not a bad tight end. Yep. You know, um, their offensive line is pretty doggone good. You know, you got Chris Olave. You, you know, Alvin Kamara, and I thought I thought they were going to sign, as many did, thought they were going to sign Kareem Hunt yesterday. That's when I said it was a slam dunk. Then you look at the, you know, Cameron Jordan has been one of the steady, steadiest edge rushers in the National Football League for him. You got Tyron Matthew in the back end to go along with Marcus May and Marshawn Lattimore. That's a great trio on yeah, the back is. end of your, 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 of, of your secondary. You know, and Demario Davis is, to me, one of the best inside linebackers in the game. So you have everything you need to be successful in a very suspect division. Yeah. No, it is. It's just I think when you look at it, is there a division? Well, maybe, maybe I would say the, the AFC North. South is not great. I mean, but I would I would say the A man, I don't know. I there I would say they're the two weak weak links in the in no, the, each conference. I was gonna say is there a division where you have more question marks at quarterback? And I would say maybe the NFC North would equal that. You don't know what you got in Jordan Love, Justin right. Fields, you know, but you do know what you have in Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins. Sure. I would say the AFC South, the NFC South, is that one division with, with huge question marks um, at every quarterback position. Derek Carr is proven, but now he's got to prove it in New Orleans with yep. this group. Uh, we don't know what's, what to make of what's going on down in Tampa with Baker Mayfield and Trask down there. Bryce Young is a rookie. He's going to make rookie mistakes. And basically, Ritter is a rookie, you know, mm -hmm. in, in Atlanta. Now, I yeah. will say this. Saints have a pretty good defense. Atlanta has a pretty good defense. Carolina has a pretty good defense. You know, can those defenses get the ball back to the offense enough? Don't know. That's but, the big thing. Yes, huge. that's the big thing. Yeah. And that's, but, that's where I was going to go with you with the um, 
with Atlanta. You you know I like Atlanta, but but uh, admittedly, you know it, we don't know what Desmond Ritter is going to look like. Um, no, no. I think about his running at- attack, Derek. They had Bijan and they have the uh, the kid Algier who had a good year last Ooh, year. For yes. So that's a that's a sweet one two attack there. They have Drake London. They have Kyle Pitts healthy now. Um, they, they've given this guy some weapons. Now, how good's the offensive line? I, I don't know. Uh, that's going to be a big part of this thing. They went really heavy on defense in free agency and signed veteran guys yes. to add to what they already had, including uh, you, you know Bates, Jeremy Bates, etc. So they added yep. some some pretty good parts. Atlanta's interesting, and it, it really I hate to simplify it this much, but it, it's really going to come down to Ritter. If Ritter gives you a solid season. Yep. They absolutely can compete compete for that division. Dude, you look at what they have on defense. They have Calais Campbell, Grady Jarrett, Caden Ellis, Bud Dupree, Jesse Bates, and Jeff Okuda on your defense. Okay, and Okuda, he didn't pan out in Detroit, but he was a high draft pick. He was a high first-round draft pick. Mm-hmm. Offensively, you're right. You mentioned all the offense. And you forgot they have not only Kyle Pitts, they have John o. Smith. Right. You know, who's a good tight end. Yeah. So um, – and I like Arthur Smith. I, I think he's done a nice job down there fixing that thing. That was a mess. Yes. The only thing that surprises me is that they have both Mac Hollins and J.J. Ortega-Whiteside on their roster. There, Mac Hollins might make it because he's a very good special teamer. I, I, and I know I, – I don't – man, if Ortega-Whiteside makes it, that's not a good sign for what's going on down there. I can tell you that. <laughs> not a good sign. The umbrella man, I don't think so, man. But Mac, yeah. Mac Hollins put up some decent numbers. In, in I, Vegas last year. I give Matt Collins credit. He's carved out a career. Like, he went to Miami first, then he went to Vegas. He's He'll end up playing 10 years in the NFL. Hey, speaking of carve out, you see how jacked up he is body-wise right now? No. is he? Is you he see big? his physique? No. Dude, I'm talking about cut. You know. Really? I'm like, this This dude could, could, could compete for, like, Mr. Olympia. Yeah, he this didn't look like that cut. here. He, he, he didn't look like that here. No. This dude is, is physically cut now, dude. Yeah, good for him. Good so, for him. Yeah. And he had he, had, he put up almost seven hundred yards receiving in in uh, Vegas last year. He had fifty seven yeah. catches. He's, he's really made himself a pretty serviceable receiver, man. He has. Yeah. Yeah. Barbara, Barbara Carroll, Mac Hollis has nice hair. Okay. Okay. <laughs> all, right. okay. Um, all right. Anybody? Uh, are we missing anybody out of that? I mean, we'll, we'll, let's Ooh. hold the the AFC preview. We'll do that on the back end of the NFL talk. But are we missing anybody else playoff wise? Uh man, uh, I don't think so. That's a that's a tough one. Like some I'm, people might say the Rams bounce back. I'm the, I'm not feeling. Uh, I I'm not buying that. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Vegas has Garoppolo. They have uh, Vegas is is a team to to consider for sure. I think so. Yeah. Man, um, I can't. I, Carolina? Would you consider nah. Carolina? I I don't think. I mean. Okay. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, now then, if that's the case, we covered it then. That's it. All right. All right. Uh, so let's hold the AFC North preview for the end of the 2 o'clock segment. We're going to come back. Uh, Greg Murphy's going to join us. So we'll talk some Phillies. They split the doubleheader last night. They have two more against the Nats. Uh, they did get some help last night. The Giants lost. So they're basically in a flat-footed tie with yep. San Francisco for the top wild-card spot. So we'll talk Phillies. Lorenzen going tonight. He was great in his first outing uh, against the Marlins. We'll dig into all those kind of things. When we come back, don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right, I want to tell you right now about ProAction Restoration because if you have a home, you have a business, you have a property, and you 
go through the pain, the inconvenience of water damage, of fire, of any of those kind of things. It can be really, really trying. That's for sure. So uh, you want to reach out to ProAction Restoration and ProAction Restoration. You can you can get them at 610-623-3760, 610-623-3760 or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's home. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Town Bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds.
the greatest fans on earth. It's a bold statement, but would you expect anything less from Philadelphia? 58 years of heartache creates a toughness, a grit, a resolve not found in most. Sure, our prayers were answered, but now that we've had a taste, we're looking for more. Pondley Hockey, official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Appreciate you hanging with us on Wednesday. You all right, Gunner? No, you look like you're you're like in one of these these like holograms. It's like <laughs> in a closet. <laughs> I'm like Tupac. I'm back. Yes. <laughs> we, we no power in the house, but we we you know, we adapt and overcome. That's what we do here in, in the Ellis oh, compound. Man. Yes. Uh, so we appreciate everybody hanging out with us today. Let's talk some Phils, man. And uh, thrilled to have our next guest on. He does an awesome job with the Phillies pre- and post-game radio shows on the Phillies radio networks. You can hear him locally. Uh, 94 WIP does an awesome job with On Deck and everything else. We welcome to the show Greg Murphy. Murph, what's going on, my man? How you doing? Hey, guys. How are you? Good to see you. Now, now, Murph, did you get blinged up today? Like, what happened today? I, I, a little birdie may have told me something about this. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a good day down here at the ballpark. Uh, I did get blinged up. Uh, Whoa. See that. Are you kidding me, man? Pretty cool, right? <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Really cool ceremony today. Uh, I don't know how many employees, but it had to be, it had to be about 200. Uh, got rings today uh, here at the ballpark, and it was just – it was awesome. It was like a college graduation. One by one, we get called <laughs> up and uh, get the ring, get to shake the hands of the of the folks that made it happen. So, uh, yeah, you know, for a kid that uh, that grew up here rooting for this team uh, as a youngster, and now to be able to uh, to have something like this, it's pretty neat for sure. So, that so, is so cool. Murph, how many how many diamonds are in that thing? You know what? I don't have the specs, honestly, Gunner, but I can tell you there's a, there's an awful <laughs> lot. I I think originally when when they announced it, it was something like 155 diamonds or Ooh. something like that. Uh, yeah. And then you got the rubies and the sapphires and um, your name on the side, you know, they're all personalized. So very cool. Very cool. Is that the only time you're ever going to wear this? Cause I'd put that so deep in yeah. a safe deposit box. Nobody will ever see it again. Yeah, this will probably be one of the few times that I do actually wear it. Like, I'm afraid to take it off right now because I, I have no place to put it, you know. Yes. So I'll Keep wear it, it today. today. Yeah, yeah, I'll wear it today. And then, uh, yes, I'll put it in a, in a safe spot for sure. And hopefully uh, add to it as the years go on. So we'll yeah. see. That's good exercise for you, Murph. That thing's so Absolutely. heavy. Your right arm, you're going to be jacked up, man, with that right arm. <laughs> no doubt. Right arm, no doubt. right arm will look like Popeye. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, congrats. That's awesome, man. Good Thank for you, Murph. Thank you. Uh, so let's hit a couple things. I, look, I know they lost the nightcap last night, but I'm encouraged, Murph, from from this standpoint. It looks like the big boys are really coming on now. Um, you're seeing Schwarber bust out of it. 
You're seeing Castellanos, who had a tough July, get out of it. Harper, who's really been hitting anyway, but now the power stroke's starting to get there. Turner, of course, everything that went down over the weekend. I mean, it's not just Bowman, Stott, and Marsh kind of trying to, like, drag them now. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you just said, Rob, that you have no power in your house. And uh, we had a little power in the house last night. In <laughs> fact, uh, here at Citizens Bank Park, I think I read today that the Phillies have 14 home runs in their last seven games. And uh, mm-hmm. that's the most in any stretch of seven games this season. So, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I think there were some encouraging things yesterday. Uh, certainly getting those guys going and getting them to give the instant offense, the two-run home run, the three-run home run that we saw um that's only I mean, that's kind of what we expected out of this team. Right. You know, the reason that they are in the first wild card right now and 10 games over 500, it has a lot more to do with the pitching than it does with the offense so far this season. Uh, you mentioned Bohm and Stott and, 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 you know, Brandon Marsh guys that have, have done a nice job. But if these big five can get going and, and start with the power that we kind of expected all along, you know, I, I really think this thing's going to start to roll and and be exactly what we had hoped since the beginning of the season. So, uh, yeah, encouraging signs for sure. Disappointing loss in the second mm-hmm. game last night. But you know what? As Larry Anderson always says, just go out and win the series. So now they have an opportunity to win these next two. If they win three out of four, you'll sign up for that every yep. every time. So uh, big game tonight, obviously, with Lorenzen on the mound. But uh, certainly some encouraging signs from the offense for sure. Murph, take take me back to this this past weekend, and you being another native Philadelphian, just like my colleague here, mm-hmm. um, Trey Turner. After that road trip, you're wondering what kind of reception is he going to get when he comes back. And I and I said I, I've I've been here a little over 25 years, and I've never been prouder of a Philadelphia fan base that consistently gave this dude a standing ovation all week long. And oh my goodness, all of a sudden the light switch goes on, and not only is he hitting, playing much better defense. Take me through your mindset the entire weekend of, of, of what you thought Trey Turner was going to get and compared to what he got here at home. Yeah, you know what, Gunnar? I, I pretty quickly after that road trip and we, we got back here to Philadelphia, you know, you started to hear folks or see folks on social media talking about, yeah. hey, let's let's bring the positivity to the ballpark. So by the time I got to the ballpark on Monday, I really did think he was going to get that positive response. And um uh, Boy, oh boy, the, the fans did not disappoint. Look, I, I'm a positive guy uh, it, by nature, and, and that's the kind of thing that that I love to see. And to to watch uh, this ballpark kind of unite in uh, one common purpose, which was simply to pick one of our own up and 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 kind of say, "Hey, look, man, we know that it's not going well, but yep. you're accountable. You're still playing hard, and we got you." Um, you know, for me, it gave me chills for sure, mm-hmm. and it was awesome to see. But I think even better was Trey's response because he could have easily gave a tip of the cap and said, hey, thanks a lot. You know, stop patronizing me. I'm a big yeah. league ball player. But he did. He took he took that to heart, and, and he looked around and he said to himself, man, oh, man, they really do have my back. I, mm-hmm. I don't – I think it went, like, as far as to say, all right, maybe I don't have to be – pressing is hard. I don't have to worry as much about performing up to this contract that I've gotten. These guys here kind of get it. I'm going to turn it around. It's going to happen. And then, yeah, you know, pretty quickly he starts to produce. Um, let's hope he, he keep it up. But um, all in all, I just thought it was it was great. And and for the folks out there that, that didn't like it, 
Um, I mean, that's their right. That's their Mm -hmm. opinion. But I think it's hard to argue that it wasn't a positive step in the right direction for Trey Turner. Murph, I think you you capsulize that very well. You you could see it. Like, sometimes you can just see it on somebody's face. Like, that he was appreciative of it. Right. And, and even Saturday when he, you know, he, he gets the, you know, uh, you know, the, the acknowledgement was a little mm-hmm. bit different than the usual. Hey, thanks. And you're right back in the dugout. Like he kind of, the other part that really struck me, and I know you heard this because it was a part of the postgame program on Sunday, Bryce Harper's comments were unbelievable. Like yeah. he went on about the Turner thing, of course, but then he, he, you know, he spun it into himself and how much it means to him to have the city be the way that it is. And he said, I just wish I started my career here. Like it touched all those guys. It went well yeah. beyond Trey Turner. Yeah. And you know, we, so that interview happened to uh, Scott and Larry in the post game yeah. show right after the game. And and I'm sitting in between the two of them and listening to the interview with Bryce. And as soon as he said, you know, I wish I had started my career here. I looked at Scott and I was like, wow. You know, I mouth. Wow. Because I did the I same thing thought, to our producer. I'm yeah. like, this is this is gold because I was on right after you. It really yeah. is. And, yeah. and, and you know, Bryce is a kind of guy that you say what you want, whether, you know, some people, again, the cynical people out there are like, oh, he's saying it to, you know, because he, he gets that the, the fans yeah. are going to love it, pandering, whatever. Yeah. Yep. That's not true. I've known Bryce Harper now. Uh, you know, I knew him a little bit when he was in D.C. Now I, I've gotten to know him a lot better over the last couple of years. The, the guy is genuinely – thrilled to be a part of this Phillies organization. I mean, he means it because it is such a departure from, I think, what he was used to. And and the way the organization goes about their business and the way the fans treat their team, uh, whether it be, you know, good or bad, passionate is what it's all about. And that's the way Bryce plays the game. So I think he relates to that and uh, he gets it. And Bryson Stott, uh, you know, the night before, Bryson Stott had a similar uh, message that he delivered to the media uh, as well. So he, Rob Thompson was asked after the Trey Turner um, curtain call if he thought the rest of the players were affected by it. He said, absolutely. He said, in that dugout, guys were looking at each other going, this is so cool. This is so awesome. These fans are so great. And you know what? That's As a fan base, that's what you want your players mm-hmm. to believe about you. And, and, and vice versa. You want your, mm-hmm. as a player, you want the fan base to be electric and to be there. And, and certainly uh, we've got the best ones in Philadelphia for sure. You know, Murph is funny, but when his team was struggling, it was the pitching that was holding them in a lot of yeah. games. And I hate to say this, it seems like it's a role reversal now. The big boys are hitting, and I've got some concerns about the pitching staff, especially the starters. I mean, the bullpen, Kimbrell has been shaky to me the last three outings. But they gave up five home runs in two games to Washington, who is this second has the second fewest home runs in all the majors. Yeah. Kansas City, weak hitting team, came in here and and, and, and smacked you know some of the pitches around. And, and it's like all of these guys are starting to get Aaron Nola itis all of a sudden. Yeah, you know, home runs have been an issue. There's no doubt about it, Derek. You know, when it comes to uh, the starting pitching, the starting pitching has been really good. However, yeah. If there is something to be concerned about, yeah. it is the amount of long balls that they have allowed. Uh, you know, for a while there, when things were really going well, even when they allowed the home runs, they were solo home runs. Yep. That has changed a little bit. Yep. Walks are happening, and then the home runs are happening. We saw that twice uh, yesterday in yesterday's game. So I-, I would agree with you that, you know, at this moment in this 162-game marathon, 
the starting staff has kind of taken a little bit of a step back. Yeah. That said, you know, we're at we're in the dog days of August, and this yep. is generally when you start to see guys fatigue a little bit, get a little bit of a dead arm, and it's so important that they figure out a way to fight through it. We, and we've seen that. We've seen mm-hmm. Ranger Suarez not have his best stuff, yep. but fight through it. We have seen Zach Wheeler not have his best stuff, but go, still give the team an opportunity to win. Um, yep. You know, so that's where we're at right now. And then September hits, and they get that surge of adrenaline. You can see the finish line. You know you're in the postseason hunt. And 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 that's when they kind of, you know, very often bounce back and, and start to – to really fire on all cylinders again. So let's hope that that's what we're seeing right now. And, uh, and, and these guys are going to be able to bounce back. And I do think this six man rotation that they're able to do right now is going to benefit all of them because Mm -hmm. it is such a grind. And to just give those guys an extra day's rest, even if it's only for a couple of weeks, which it's going to be, uh, I think that's a benefit for the starting staff. Yeah. Murph. And look at the pen. Um, You know, it's, it's amazing what Kimbrell's done all year, but you feel like maybe that's starting to, that workload is a little bit with a guy who's, you know, got a lot of miles on him. You know, you wonder a little bit about that. You just hope that Alvarado can get back here. You get him back, you know, and it looks like Sir Anthony's kind of figured it out, you know, from whatever it was to have those three on the back end with Soto too. I mean, that's going to be so big. That's to me, that's the missing component right now because you're asking Hoffman and, you know, like the Martes of the world to, to do a lot, frankly, where, where maybe they're not quite there yet. Yeah, I, I got to be honest. I'm not concerned about Craig Kimbrell at the moment. I'm really not. Um, you know, he hung one pitch yesterday and yeah. and Manessis was able to take advantage of that. He really probably should have had him struck out the pitch before. It was, right. it was close anyway. Yeah. Not the point. I, I mean, he still needs to go out there and execute his pitches. This is the big leagues. And if you don't, you're going to get hurt more often than not. And he got hurt yesterday. But mm-hmm. that said, you know, just watching him yesterday, I think he ended up striking out the side, um, you know. So I don't think his stuff is is down. I just think that yesterday he hung a pitch and, and Manessas was able to take advantage of it. I know he hasn't, I guess, two out of the last four opportunities right. perhaps. Um, he, he has blown a save. But, um, you know, that's going to happen. And, it, you know, early in the season when he first got here, a little shaky. Then he went on that dominant stretch. Yep. And now he's in that little shaky period again. But again, Craig Kimbrell, his pulse never gets above 85, I don't think. I mean, he is as calm and cool out there. He's been through it all. Uh, he'll figure it out. And, and you know, whether he's closing every game down the stretch or if it's a combination between Alvarado and Soto and Sir Anthony and Kimbrell, this bullpen is a strength of this team. It has been for the majority of this season. I think it'll continue to be uh, as we head into September and hopefully into October. Murph, I'm sorry. I have to apologize. Uh, I didn't hear a word you just said. I kept seeing the floating ring, and I was hypnotized by the floating <laughs> ring. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like yeah, you, you lose focus all the time. You could use that as at parties, Murph, to just you know, kind of you know, give me that. give me all your money. Exactly. <laughs> no, but yeah. but what, can you what's what's the update on Marsh lately? Yeah, so not a whole lot uh, of yet. I mean, the the two weeks, two to three weeks kind of timeline 
I think is pretty much what they're sticking with right now. I mean, he took a pretty good hit against that wall, and I think there was some swelling in that knee, certainly uh, a bone bruise, depending on how deep that that, that bruise is, will probably kind of dictate how long he's going to be. I mean, he was on crutches the day after, you know, so it was was that significant that they decided he needs to go on the I.L. and and take some time. So, you know, I – would be surprised if he was back after the 10 days. I think it's going to take a little bit longer than that, but hopefully not too much longer because, as you both know, he was really swinging a hot bat. Uh, mm-hmm. He was a very productive part of this offense, especially in yeah. the back end of that lineup. So uh, they're going to miss him for sure. I mean, now, defensively, Yon Ross, we, we have oh. seen on several occasions now, he's just literally one of the best defensive outfielders in all of baseball at any level. Um, he he can simply go get it. And so far, the offense has been there, too. So hopefully yep. he can kind of keep that going. I have a feeling we're going to get a chance to see Weston Wilson make his major league debut perhaps as early as today. Um, he's another guy that uh, has some serious pop. I think he was third in the International League in home runs when they called him up. Uh, so, you know, he's another guy to, to keep an eye on. And Christian Pache is getting closer to getting back, too. So they're going to miss Marsh. There's no doubt about it. Anytime you lose one of your starters – it's not a great thing, but uh, thankfully they have some depth at that uh, center field position right now that they can kind of just roll in and, and hope to keep it going. Schwarber was funny. Uh, I guess it was yesterday. On, you probably didn't see it, Mark. On the TV side, they were interviewing him after the game, after the first game when he hit the two home runs. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about, you know, just some of the guys in the dugout. They're like, he's like, we, we got to get Marsh healthy because he's driving everybody nuts in the dugout. You know, basically, he doesn't know. I think he said he doesn't know what to do with himself. He's that kind of, you know, that kind of. Guy. Oh, there's no doubt. I can imagine he is bouncing off the walls down there. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I, I interviewed Weston Wilson yesterday, uh, and and we were talking, and I said, "Hey, it must be nice to have you know at least be familiar with a lot of these guys that you played uh, with them in spring training." He said, "Oh yeah, you know when I walked in, Reese came over and gave me a big hug, and Bryce came over and gave me a big hug, and Marsh came over and." Well, he started barking at me like he always does. So, you know, I mean, he's just he's that guy. And yeah. uh, he's as popular as can be in that clubhouse because he keeps everything light and loose. And that's what you need, especially this time of the year. So, yeah. But uh, but he's got a lot of energy. There's no doubt. About well, I, I think that's the one of the good real advantages. And this may sound like it's like, you know, an intangible more than a tangible. But they have a nice mix of like the, the younger guys. You know, Rojas now, Wheeler talked about it yesterday. He, he was a nice infusion, uh, you know, and, and the, the daycare who are now like pre-K guys now. They're getting a little <laughs> bit older. But with the veterans, it is a really nice mix of, of kind of every everything with this team. Yeah, and, and I think that's true. You know, when you think about championship teams, you know, rarely do you see a team that's all veteran guys. Rarely, yeah. right? I mean, 93 might have been the exception here in Philadelphia, you know, with the exception of baby Kevin Stocker on that squad. But, um, but you know, even in football, Gunner, and, 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 you know, you need that mix of veteran guys that have yeah. been there, done that, and young guys that bring that energy and enthusiasm each and every day. And certainly I think the Phils have that. And we saw a little bit of that last year, and I think we're seeing more of it this year. Yeah. Hey, Murph, Murph considering how many – and I'm just talking about just the pregame shows. The, self, the postgame shows obviously are self, self-contained. But when you do as many shows as you do, and some of the material is already built in as you, you set this t- tone for what's to come. How difficult is it sometimes, from your perspective, to come up with stuff that you want to incorporate to make it a little bit different? You know what I mean? Just to, just to give a different twist so you're not getting in a rut doing the same thing over and over again. 
Yeah, you know, it, it is for sure. It's like anything. I mean, you guys are in the same boat when you're coming up with content for this show. Uh, you know, you're trying to, to be fresh. You're trying yeah. to bring an interesting take that maybe hasn't been said 35 other times. I would say I'm a little lucky for two reasons. One, you know, each virtually every day I have an interview that kind of anchors the show right in the middle. Yeah. Uh, most of the time it's a player. Sometimes it's a player from another team, maybe a broadcaster from another team that's well-known or, or an alum that's coming through that, that, you know, is going to spend a day here. So from that perspective, I get a little bit of freshness every day. And, and I say I'm lucky for two reasons because the guys down in that clubhouse this year, and this is not always the case. I tell people this all the time, but we have, 26 guys in that clubhouse on any given day. And we have 26 guys that are really willing to, to do, you know, what they need to do to, to, to help us out as the Phillies broadcasters um, and to, to sit down with us and be thoughtful and, and yep. answer questions. And, and that goes such a long way to, uh, to helping our shows and, and making the content uh, we think hopefully uh, very enjoyable for, for the fans at home, because, they don't get a chance to, to sit down and talk with these guys on a daily basis. We're their conduit to do that, and hopefully we're able to do that and bring it to them and, and, and keep them interested. No, you do a great job. I, I can tell you personally because awesome I'm, I'm on a lot before Greg or after Greg, and I get a chance to hear the shows, and they are yeah. they are very good. I love the minor league reports. I like all that stuff, man. Thank if you're you. a baseball geek, you just you eat yeah. it all up. Murph, let me ask you about the, the wild card is tight here, man. I mean, the Giants, who we're going to see in a little while, they, they lost last night, but this thing between, you know, the Giants and what's happening like with the Reds and the Marlins and some of the teams that are behind the Phillies, it just feels like I'm hoping the Phillies can get some space here, but this could be a dogfight till the very end. Yeah, you know, it's funny because it is tight and it's going to be tight, I think, throughout the, the course of September, but uh, I, I there's a part of me that's like, well, it's not as tight as it was last year at this Real. point, right? I mean, at this point, Last year, the Phils were still working their climbing. way, trying to get in, right? Trying oh, yeah. to climb. Um, and they eventually did. They had the tiebreaker over Milwaukee, which was kind of like that uh, ace in their pocket uh, mm-hmm. throughout the uh, the final stretch of, of, of games. But, you know, right now, I think they sit, what, three games ahead of the yep. next closest team yep. tied with San Francisco. Um, that feels pretty pretty comfortable compared to, to where they were a year ago. Now, they certainly can't get comfortable and can't be complacent. They need to keep going out and winning series. But I think the one team that at this moment really should concern Phillies fans, not that they'll overtake the Phils or knock them out of the postseason, but I think the Chicago Cubs are that yeah. one team They're that's high. really surging right now. And, mm-hmm. and you think, oh, boy, okay, they're figuring it out. And, uh, yeah, Cincinnati seems to be falling back, um, you know, the, the – um, Marlins seem to be falling back. Diamondbacks, yeah. Well, the yeah, younger it, teams, yeah. it feels like they're starting to kind of yeah. go south yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. for me, it, it feels like there's four teams for three spots. And yep. right now, the Phils and the Giants are in control. And and certainly, if they just continue to play good baseball, they should both be there. But um, but like you said, a lot can happen. And we're going to see the Giants uh, you know, come here to Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they took it to us out there on the West Coast. Hopefully, we can return their favor to Gabe Kapler and the boys – uh, when they come here to Philadelphia. All right, last you, one, Murph. Yeah. You, uh, Gunner, sorry, go ahead. Why don't you go ahead? I want to no. hit Murph with one out the door. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm All fine. Right. You have the bird's eye seat to watch Larry Anderson react to things, whether it's an umpire, you know, a uh, guy maybe not hustling, whatever the case may be. 
just just give us a little description of what that's like because I can hear you can hear the audible groans on the air and it just cracks me up. Like yeah. from your point of view, what's it like? Well, Larry, as you guys know, is one of the most genuine yep. people you will ever meet. And I mean that in the best possible way. He's one of my my favorite people uh, that I've ever had a chance to work with. Uh, he's just he's a wonderful guy. And the guy, you know, he jokes that he hates the game of baseball now. He lives and breathes the game of baseball. And that's what makes it so exasperating for him sometimes if an umpire's not doing his job or if a guy out on the field is not doing his job or if somebody is not respecting the game the way that Larry yeah. looks at the game and, and understands the respect of it. So he doesn't hold anything back, nor should he. Um, that's what makes him special. That's what's made him such a popular broadcaster for the last you know, 20 plus years. And uh, that's what that's what we all love about him. But to, to be able to sit next to him and, you know, he'll say things, he'll say things in the break. He'll say things not in the break. And I look at Scott and we just like shake our heads and, and laugh because we know it's Larry and uh, only Larry can get away with that. But uh, like I said, we wouldn't have it any other way. That's that's yeah. what makes this special. So. You, know, you know, Merv, not only are all you guys great at what you do, but you all have a great knack for injecting personality. You know, you talk about Larry, Scott, you know, Tom, all the guys. Who's the biggest character among all of you? Who's well, the funniest character out of all of you? I mean, so so I think you can answer that in a bunch of different ways. Hands down, the biggest teenager out of all of us, the one that, that has – completely immature is Tom McCarthy. There's, there's, just, there's no doubt. I mean, Tom is jumping out of closets and scaring people. Tom is popping his head out of a, you know, a, a, a table with a hole in it just to scare you. Tom never shuts down when it comes to the practical joke or, or trying to be funny. And, and, and he is, he's a funny guy. And, and so it works. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, sense of humor wise, I think, Larry and, and Scott certainly have great senses of humor. John Cruck has a great sense of humor as well. We're lucky in that, um, A, we spend so much time together that it would be easy to drive each other nuts. But but for we really don't. I mean, this is my 12th season with these guys. And I look forward to getting on that airplane and taking off and headed to our next city because I know we're going to have fun on the airplane and we're going to have dinner that night in the new city that we're in and we're going to laugh at the ballpark. And to be able to, to do that on a daily basis, come to work and have that kind of relationship with the people you work with so closely. I mean, we spend more time together than we do with our families during the season. Yeah. And uh, thankfully, to a man, uh, we, we get along really well and uh, it really works for us. So, But That's I think awesome. Humor is a big part of it. You need that. So yep. yeah, you, yeah, you're doing life. That's for sure. Murph, uh, let, give it to us one more time, man. We need we need to see it one more time. Okay, oh, I'm happy to. Yeah. Oh, I need sunglasses. <laughs> oh. Yeah, That's so I got, I got I got Murph put on the side as opposed to Murphy too. So. Yes, yes, that's, That's sweet. That is yeah. good for you, man. Good for you, Murph. Yeah. Uh, congrats on that, and uh, yeah, keep up man. the good work. We always appreciate when you when you carve out some time for us. Thank you, man. Be Love good, talking man. to you guys. Good yeah. to see you. Right. Take care. That's Greg Murphy, Phillies pre and post game. Great dude, Murph. Great dude. All right. So let's get a timeout, Gunner. We'll come back. Not only will we preview the AFC North, there's a lot of football news that we're going to get into when we come back. So don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. 
I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Uh, right now, Tone, we're going to talk Flynn Tree Services. We did pro-action. So Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will uh, trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. Uh, they're just a quick phone call away. And they, they trim all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flynn Tree Services uh, is a... is to me, as good as anybody in the business, whether that's small job, big job, whatever you have, uh, you go to their Facebook or Instagram for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flynn Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848, 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 Heading down the shore Have a ball once more Here, imaginations run wild And time stands still Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore All on one five-mile island So leave the old you behind And get lost in the woods Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. A little better. I, I, I got a, a lap. There you go. 
Maggie's laptop. We're, 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 we're cooking now. We're cooking. And, and, you're, and you're still awake. I'm proud of you. Still awake. Yeah, still awake. Yes. Look at Tom um, flipping the screens. What the heck's going on today? I don't know, man. He's trying to keep us on our toes. He, he cut you out earlier. He, he's making a power move, Derek. That's what he's doing. My wife, gets on it. My wife gets on and ridicules me. You egg her on. Yeah. You, Tone gets on flipping screams, trying to trying to smoke me out of the show. What is this? Bizarro Wednesday? I don't know, man. You, that's that's when you always have to have your head on a swivel. You know, <laughs> anything can happen. Um, all right. So let, let's hit a couple things. The, the Kareem Hunt story is very strange. So Diana Rossini of ESPN reported yesterday that it was basically a done deal that yeah. he was headed to the Saints. Okay. So it turns out the timeline, he had landed, I guess, in New Orleans and was about to literally like about to enter the facility yeah. for, for, I guess, a tryout or whatever. Yeah, workout. Yeah, for a workout. And the Saints reached or the um, the Colts reached out with an offer for more money than reportedly what the what the Saints had been offering. And we know the Colts had their own issues, too, with Jonathan Taylor and what's going to happen there. Yeah. So. He's now he's now working out with the uh, with the Colts, so it's not a done deal that he goes to New Orleans. He may be going to Indy, Derek. Well, what is the most frustrating aspect of a running back in the NFL today? A lack of respect financially. Yeah. So the mindset has to be get all you can while you can. If I'm Kareem Hunt, I step off a plane. Somebody's texting me they're going to pay me more money. When's the next flight back going north? That's I don't I don't blame him. You know. Yeah. Now in terms of exposure possibility of getting an extra check in terms of playoff checks or two, depending on what happens. True. New Orleans is the best place for him to go. But if they're going to make pay, if the Colts are going to pay him that much more money to where it don't make a difference about those playoff checks down in New Orleans. And I get a chance to showcase my skills until Jonathan Taylor decides to come back. Um, Indy's a place to be less pressure. Um, in terms of media pressure, less expectation. Uh, I'm in a situation where I could really shine. Now, the only thing that could really cloud that if he signs with the Colts and all of a sudden Jonathan Taylor has a change of heart saying, I'm not losing paychecks no matter how I feel about this organization, comes back and now he's bumped to number two. But he will still be number two with more money than what he's going to get down in New Orleans. No question. No question. So that's one to keep your eye on because it ties into this story. So Jonathan Taylor – left the Colts facility to rehab the ankle. And you know, maybe a little bit more to that than just going to rehab the ankle. It, it, Shane Steichen was asked about it and he, you know, he tapped around the danced around the landmine and didn't want to get involved. Yeah. It sounds like he was like, you know what? I, I don't care what you guys say. I'm out of here. Uh, right. Right. Uh, that thing, man, I, that is toxic. That, they, they better figure out a way to get rid of him. I think I, and I, I'm, I'm pro Jonathan Taylor here but I don't know that that's going to work with the Colts. Oh, look at our boy B. Brooks oh, jumping oh, in here. Okay. What's up, B. Brooks? Our guy, our guy yeah. checks in. There he is. I can't bring him up right now because right. I'm the, I don't have the yeah. – I'm on a different laptop. But if, Tony, you want to bring up B. Brooks chiming in, he says, what's up, fellas? It's all about yeah. the money. Um, yeah. If, if I'm Jonathan Taylor, if I'm – He is? Give me a hug. I'm hugging Barrett right now. All right, only, only hear, I only hear from B. Brooks like holidays once a year. So I was, I'm surprised <laughs> to see him in here. That's another. When, when he wants to get some barbecue, yeah. yeah exactly. Or when he wants to antagonize me with my family or something like yes. that. You know. So but Barrett, keep him up. I mean, sorry, was that my yeah, out loud voice? No, no. Yeah. If if I'm Jonathan Taylor, um, I want out of this organization as quick as possible. I don't have any respect for the ownership based on what he came out and said publicly about me. Yeah. 
and running backs in general. Um, why would I want to put forth my effort knowing that it's going to get me nothing down the road, basically? Sure. Okay. Um, now I understand they have my rights, and I'm and, and and I'm putting myself in a bind because if I sit out, and miss these paychecks, that's a lot of money I'm never going to see again. And I believe they have another year after this, so they can really stick it to them if they wanted to. They could, you know. But I don't want any parts of the Ursa organization right now. I want to be free of this. Um, and I want to be able to do my own thing. You know, I don't care where you, at this point, I don't care where you send me. You can send me to Houston and you can send me to Arizona. I just want to get away from anything that's associated with the Indianapolis Colts. You, the way you disrespected me, you know what? I can't, I can't get my all for you. Whoa. What happened here? What's going on here? Where did Rob Ellis go all of a sudden? Rob, did, did you, did you leave me? Well, uh, you know, what we do is we'll hold it down until uh, Rob Ellis decides to come back. You pull a D-gun. How many times did I do that to you while I hit the wrong button and you're sitting there by yourself? I'm you're trying. Probably- here's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to maneuver the chat and the private chat. And when I did, I hit the button that you always hit. That is on See? 100% me. See? And not tone and not anybody else. Sorry. I, my apologies, D Gun. See, my you apologies. try see you you try to blame me on me. It happens, dude. I've got like I've got like four or five different screens open when I'm doing this show. And I'm talking to you and I'm looking at the chat and all of a totally sudden I hit the wrong thing. You ever yeah. you ever do this too? When you do something and you say, Oh no, but your body can't stop doing it and you do it anyway. Yeah. That's what happens with me in the chat. As soon as I'm about to click, I'm like, oh no, it's too late for me to stop. And I can't even bring them up because I'm not. I don't have the 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 same you know access that I have with the, with my other with the with the desktop. Anyway, so hey, yes, look, I, I agree with you. If I'm Jonathan Taylor, I want to get as far away from that situation as, as possible. That's for sure. Um, did you watch Hard Knocks? I did not see it last night. I heard I saw some reviews uh, from um, folks, but I didn't see it. I taped it. I have not watched it yet. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard, as you would think, it's a lot of Aaron Rodgers, so that, which makes sense. You, you play the hits, you know? I mean, that's what you do. If that's what everybody wants to see. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, so beyond that, D-Gun, beyond that. Um, what the heck so is beyond that sizzling? That, huh? What's that sizzling noise? The sizzling noise was the sink running in the in the kitchen. So, uh, yes. Who's so, uh, anyway. This whole day has been off the charts. It's been a weird day. Yeah, it's been a weird day. So beyond that, Melvin Gordon uh, on the running backs. And he said, look, basically the whole plight of the contracts, he said, we're kind of screwed. You know, we, we all need to sort of just just go ball out, get as much money as you can get, and we got to figure something else out. But right now, with the way the CBA is situated, we're kind of screwed. Well, there's, there's four or five running backs that are not screwed. They're making decent money. The rest of yeah. them, you're left to fend for yourselves. And, and if this is the owner of the stance – if this is the stance the owners are going to take now, um, if there's one position we can put our foot on, we can pay everybody else, it's the running back. So as much as the running back is a prominent entity in an offensive structure, all of a sudden they're considered the outcast of the offense and the outcast of paying players. You know, linebackers getting paid, DNs, D tackles, safeties, corners, wide receivers, offensive tackles, quarterbacks, Mm -hmm. all making this big money. And the running backs are like, we can't we can't get any love. We 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 really this is this yeah. is where we are right now. So you know what? It's a it's 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 a great time to be an NFL player at any other position except the running back. It's true. And they get probably beat up the most. Uh it's man. 
Crazy. All right, Mark Wilf, who's uh, one of the owners of the Vikings, was asked point blank. Kirk Cousins is in the last year of his deal and was asked point blank about, you know, the, the possibility of, of extending him or signing him to, to a, you know, another deal. And he really ducked it. He said, oh, it's up to our GM and that's up to our coach. And I, I can't commit to that. I mean, Cousins is going to be 35 this year. He'll play at 35. Uh, yep. We know he's put up good numbers. We know that much, but the team has not had playoff success. What do you do if you're them? You know, if, if, if it's another year, like, you know, say they get in or they don't get in or maybe they get bounced in the first round. What do you do if you're the Vikings? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if they have a long-term plan or not. Are, are they looking at somebody in a draft? Do they feel despite their record that, that a certain type of quarterback they want to be in that offense uh, could fall into their laps next spring? Are they looking at somebody potentially who could be a free agent uh, next year? Um, I don't know what the game plan is. I don't blame them for not tipping their hand now. You know, you got a 35-year-old quarterback. He's done a lot of great things in the regular season. How many times have I said this? And this is not just my hatred for the Minnesota Vikings. But when you get him to the second season, for whatever reason, it's not the same Kirk Cousins you get in the regular season. You know, when yeah. it comes to the playoffs. And I think they have to take a look, a good look at that. You know, we have put a lot of money into Kirk Cousins. We thought when we brought him here, he was the missing link to take us to that next level. We've had all the talent in the world around him. Defensive talent, wide receivers, running backs, a rugged offensive line, defensive front. We've had everything that, that he needs to get to that next level. And for whatever reason, it, it just hasn't happened for him. So is it us in terms of how we're trying to assemble this team or is it the quarterback? Well, obviously the quarterback is the one that makes the most money. And it's also the quarterback who's going to take the most fall when things don't go exactly the way an organization wants it to go. Um, you know, they're talking about next year's draft being a pretty good draft for quarterbacks. I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe they're thinking it's time to get younger and groom somebody the way we want to groom them. They may be looking for the next dual threat quarterback. Everybody else is looking for the next dual threat quarterback. Maybe the Vikings are also. Yeah, good point. Good point. Um, so Baker Mayfield will get the nod as the starter in the Bucks' first preseason game. Uh, and it looks like the way that they're going to handle it is Kyle Trask will get the start in the second game. Um, you know, I, I feel like this is inevitable. It's going to be Mayfield, but you know, maybe not. Maybe I'm Maybe I'm reading this thing wrong. Maybe they're just trying to to really sort this thing out and they're not sure, which would not be a good sign for Mayfield that he can't be no, trashed out. No, no, but May May Mayfield needs the reps, the game reps. There's no question about it. He, you know, I mean, he's got two phenomenal receivers and Chris Godwin and Mike Evans down there with him, but you've got to get on the same page and, and it starts now. You know, it's a whole new offense. He's learning terminology, uh, body languages with his wide receivers, with his guys up front, with his tight end. He needs to get that game, that, that game speed rep, you know, going. He, if he's in there more than two series the first game, I would be shocked, you know. Mm -hmm. But I'm not surprised Tampa Bay is playing them because they've got a lot of question marks on offense, and it starts with that offensive line. Yeah, they do. That's for sure. Uh, the 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 trailers are out. I haven't seen it, and I'm not sure if it's been released yet or not. Um, but there's a Johnny Manziel documentary coming out. Yep. I don't know if you saw this on Netflix. Uh, yep. Yeah, and and on the in the trailer there's a sequence where they, you know, they're, they're going through his rookie year with the Browns and they ask him point blank, like how much film study did you do? And he said zero. And then there's a, there's a shot where his agent is talking and the agent 
gets a call from the Browns GM and says, you know we can track his, his tablet, right? He has zero minutes of film study. What the hell's going on here? And the agent's like, you know, what do you want me to do, man? Like, can you imagine first round pick and the guy didn't do one minute of film study? And he played like it. And he and did he play like it. it. And yep. plus, he had, he, had the, he had the personal issues, I believe, the alcoholism, I believe it was, uh, the depression and so on and so forth. Um, and that really affected his overall game as well. But for you not to take onus upon yourself, you've, you've, you've fulfilled the dream of making it to the National Football League. And instead of attacking it with a vigor like you've never attacked it before, you basically put pumped the brakes and just coasted along. Did you not think it was going to catch up to you sooner rather than later? That's like Arizona putting a clause in, a, in Kyler Murray's contract about studying film in, in, in the playbook. Are you kidding me? Yeah. You know, if you're yeah. if you have to go to those lengths, you don't sign that guy to an extension. Period. Heck no. Heck no. But you know, I, I'm interested in seeing it because initially I said, Rob, uh, I don't want to see it. I, I'm not really interested in the Johnny Menzel story. I know all I need to know based on what I've read about him. But based on feedback that I've heard and seen and read on, on social media, now I'm intrigued. So I'm going to have to watch it now. I mean, I want to see firsthand for myself exactly how it's laid out, how it's portrayed how he responds to how his NFL career just fell apart. Yeah, I, I am not a fan. I, I wasn't a fan of Manziel. I'm not a fan of Kyler Murray, e even a little bit. So, uh, all right, let, let, let's uh, keep rolling here. Um, I, I thought this was, this is one of those weird ones, too, the J.K. Dobbins situation. So he, he was banged up and he was rehabbing, um, but there was a lot of debate of whether or not he was doing a hold-in or he was actually hurt. And Harbaugh, John Harbaugh was asked about this. Um, and he went on to say basically the ball's in JK's court, which is, I think, a way of saying he's yeah, good enough yeah. to play right now. And yeah. and you know, I don't know where that's that's gonna be headed to. That that feels like it's coming to a to a head at, at some point, also. Well, I mean, again, the running backs in general, they have they have no leverage whatsoever. And the only way to even get a team to, to look their way nowadays, if you're already uh, in a contract structure, is to take the stance of, of holding out or disappearing. Mm -hmm. But the problem with that is the teams always have deep pockets. They're never hurting for money. You're, you're, you're possibly giving up money you're never going to recoup. And based on what, you know, we hear, running backs are a dime a dozen in, in the National Football League. And they feel they already have one in-house who can supplant them. And if they go out and get another one, there's still some running backs out in the open market who are looking for a job. You know, uh, management's going to look at it like, we'll teach him a lesson. Yeah. You know, but when you're not making big bucks and he's not making big bucks, that's a lot to give up, man, knowing you're getting nothing back for it. Yeah, I agree. It is. Um, I don't know if you saw this. This was bad, 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 bad. So Colin Coward of uh, FS1 Ooh. was doing his show. And they, they went through, I think they took it back like the last 10 years of first round QBs, you know, and, and his, him essentially saying like, this guy's never going to win a championship, you know, going through it and all that. One of the guys on the list was Dwayne Haskins. We Ooh. know Dwayne Haskins passed away, uh, you know, a couple of years back. And not only was he verbally talking about it, there's a graphic up with Haskins name, like, the, I don't know how it gets past the line producer of the show or the yeah. executive producer 
or somebody's eyeballs don't catch this thing and say, timeout, guys. Either that or you have people working on that show that aren't knowledgeable enough about the game of football or sports. One or the other, like it's a re- that's an awful, awful look. Yeah, uh, for a credible organization, um, that's the last thing you need, especially something to that degree. And, and you know, finger pointing is going on. Who takes the fall for this? Is it the line producer? Is it the graphic editor? Is it the host of the show? You know, yep. um, did he ever come out and apologize for it? I haven't seen that. Not in, that I know of. I, I have okay. not heard anything that he apologized. Not that I know. But, but he's got to be, you know what? He does so much and so rapidly in terms of radio, TV. You know, I'm not, I'm not absolving him from this, but something should have clicked when that name sh- uh, jumps up. Did he actually mention the name when he went down the list? I believe he did. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's a bad look. I mean, it's like, it's one thing if you have a guy on there who's maybe retired, right? And and that's, you know, it's a mistake, but it's okay. This guy's not with us anymore. You know, that that's, that's can't happen. It just can't happen. No, somebody's, somebody's being called on the carpet for this one. Yeah. And, and the thing is, you, you know this as well as I do, even if it's a mistake on somebody behind the scenes, because we're the face that you see and our names in front of this thing, yep. we're the ones who are going to catch all the heat. That's just the way it works. Yeah. If nothing else, the the organization should issue an, a, pub, a public apology. I haven't seen that either. I they should issue a public apology for that happening out of respect yeah. to Haskins and his family. Yep. Um, but for some reason, they're letting this thing linger longer than it really should. They should have jumped on this real quick right after the show. Yep. All right, on a break, uh, Russell Wilson and uh, Ciara are, are, are at, expecting their third child together. Uh, they have a boy and a girl, so they have a, they have another one on the way, those two do. Be an interesting year for, for Russell, for sure. Yeah, you know, Adam, you know, he's got now, he'll have, he has three kids now, a fourth, uh, fourth one, uh, including a kid she had before they met. Um, yep. You know, trying to be the consummate foggy father figure and chaining people's public perception of you, that's a t- in a high-profile job. That's a that's a tough uh, life to live, but you know what? That's the life you chose, and Russell Wilson knows it. I think Russell Wilson is one of the best in the game in terms of um, honing his emotions to what needs to be addressed at that particular time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never really seen Russell get way out of character in terms of trying to defend himself or something that went wrong with him when he was in Seattle or even with Denver, for that matter. Um, you gotta have you gotta have a certain kind of inner trait to be able to juggle a lifestyle like this day in and day out. You're constantly yeah. under the microscope. You have a high profile wife. You now have a fourth kid, and you're playing a high profile job in a city that is rabid about its team, but yet they consider you a bust at this stage of your life. That's a lot to put on one man's plate. Yeah, you're right. Um... So Sean Payton says that the field conditions in Arizona will not determine who plays and who does not Friday. So does that mean we're still dealing with this stuff in Arizona? That's a good question. Um, How is that happening? I'd be hard pressed to believe they kept this field, especially after all the negative criticism they got towards it coming out of that Super Bowl. Um, If nothing else, if it's a real grass, you have to add a different type of grass, like a rye grass, to balance it out, to give it a better grip. Hopefully they've done something like that. They've had plenty of time between then and now 
to address this issue. Um, so now that you've said that, I can't wait to hear the storyline coming out of that, that that first game there, you know, and see what players think about the playing surface. Man, uh, we talked about this yesterday. Mike McGlinchey uh, suffered a knee sprain yesterday. He was rolled up on, uh, expected to be out a few weeks. So the timeline could work with him getting back uh, for the season opener. So uh, he's uh, not all that serious, but just sore at this point. Um, lastly on this, and then we'll get to the AFC North preview. Bud Grant passed away, but great yep. Viking, uh, you know, longtime coach, NFL yep. player, great athlete, played in the, in the NBA as well, uh, played in the CFL. But uh, they're going to wear a patch week one on their sleeve with his signature, and they're going to have a sticker with a similar, you know, design for the whole season. So, hey, man, if anybody deserves it for the Vikings, it's that guy. Yeah, uh, straight straight old school coach, hard, hard, you know, exterior when you watched him on – on television, no nonsense type coach, but he one of the greatest coaches to uh, ever coach in the National Football League. Uh, you know, he had a six twenty nine winning percentage as a head coach. Yeah, uh, in the NFL, and he was with the Minnesota Vikings long, long time. Before that, he was up in the CFL for like ten years with Winnipeg. Yep. You know, so you know, you talk about a lifer in the National Football League. Wow. And and I'm looking at his record and looking at how many times. He finished first in first place in his division with the Vikings. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven first place finishes with the Vikings. Every year he was in Minnesota except four. He took the team to the playoffs. You know, so phenomenal head coach, Hall of Fame head coach. Um, you know, truly missed missed by the game. You know, his rightful places uh, forever etched in the annals of Pro Football's Hall of Fame. Um, and, and that's a great tribute to that organization because he was special, special for a no, long time in that franchise. He was, he was. All right, not not to bury the lead here, but um, this situation is very strange. I, I found it very, very strange. I mentioned to you yesterday, you know, the Ron Rivera felt the need to go public and mention that some of the players went to him and, and were having a tough time with the way that Eric Bieniemy was coaching them up and coaching them, quote unquote, too hard. Wow, wow, wow. Um, yeah, but my and I said to you yesterday, I'm like, why is Rivera going public with this? First of all, I don't understand who that benefits, right? So then he comes back today and he says, you know, I put my foot in my mouth and I didn't handle it well, and I've addressed it with Eric. Like to me, it smacks of insecurity. What what I mean by that is, like, maybe he views the enemy as a bit of a threat that he's already in house; he could take over for him. I'm going to go public with this, that the players don't like them. And maybe it couches me. Now I, I I've, it seems out of character for a guy like Ron Rivera to do that, but I don't know what other purpose you have with going public with that. And and I said to you yesterday too, like if these players can't handle the enemy, you know, being a, an attention to detail guy who gets on them when they've been the definition of mediocrity, mediocrity, and he's got rings, then that's a them problem, not a B enemy problem. But wh- where do you fall on all this? Um, is Ron Rivera trying to get fired? He made a rookie mistake. You you don't make that kind of mistake when you've been in the game as long as he has. You know that you can't let a Freudian slip like that happen. You know because that shows dissension among the ranks publicly, even if that is the case behind closed doors. Um, you you've got you've got to handle situations like that because now you know people are picking up on that not just locally in that area but nationally as well. From a player's perspective, 
you know, you say one thing, but you do another. You want to do another. You want to win, but you don't want you don't want to be pushed uh, to, to 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 the level that you can do some things that maybe the Kansas City Chiefs have done consistently through the years. You can't have it both ways. You are high paid, seven figure profile individuals, most of you, and you claim you want to change the culture around. Well, they did that with ownership. Now it's upon you, the coaching staff, and the play and players to change the culture and the mindset and the constant uh, disappointment and frustration the fan base has with you. And that includes putting in the extra work to get up to speed and be an Emmy's offense. And you're whining about how hard he's pushing you? Really? You know what? As a coach, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I've lost respect. You know, even if I don't know who did it, I'm sure I have a pretty good idea who complained. I've lost respect. Now, we have to work together. No question about that. We have to work together. But I've lost respect for you as a professional athlete and as a professional businessman. That you're complaining about somebody pushing you to be better. Listen, I agree with you. And I don't, I don't like the way Rivera handled it even a little bit. Um, all right, let, let's, uh, let's dig into our preview. So we're, we, we didn't get a chance to get to it yesterday. Right. Uh, we already did the AFC East. We're going to turn our sights to the AFC North today and lay out how we think this division finishes and just kind of looking at each team. So Gunnar, why don't you give me how you think they go one through four? Uh, looking at this division, I start with Cincinnati. I say Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and then Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm torn between Pittsburgh and Cleveland because the unknown commodity there is what is Deshaun Watson? Is he that phenomenal athlete that put himself on a national map when he was with the Texans? How much will that year off affect him? And has he lost something? He's still a young man, no question about it. Still incredible physical attributes. But this is a Cleveland team that is underachieved. And you know, Rob, for the most part, all four teams in the division had pretty decent defenses, okay? Um, obviously, Cincinnati stood above the rest when it comes to explosive offenses with the weapons they had. But it, I don't see anybody in that division overtaking Cincinnati as a division winner, basically because of the nucleus of talent that they have on the offensive side of the football that has been there for a few years that has gone to a Super Bowl two years and went to the AFC Championship game again last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well said. Very well said. All right, I go this order. I go Bengals. I go Steelers second. Oh! Yeah. Ooh. And then I go Ravens, and then I go Browns. I think they're all going to be good teams, but I have I just don't have a good feel for, for Baltimore this year, and I'm not okay. sure exactly what it is. So I feel like they're, they're going to be like a 9-8-ish. and sort of team. And I think the Steelers and and certainly their success rides in a big way on Pickett. But I like their defense. I think George Pickens is going to be awesome this year. I like their running game. Yeah. Uh, Friar Muth is a good tight end. Yes. I think this is a good team. And I think Mike Tomlin rarely has like two mediocre seasons in a row. I think they bounce back uh, in a big way. So I'm actually going to vault them to two. I think this is going to be a real – Ooh. battle with two, three, and four in this division. I like Cincinnati to be the front runner, and then the other three are really tight here. Okay. Uh, when I look at Pittsburgh, I'm going to see how much Allen Robinson has left in the tank. It didn't pan yeah. out for him out west. Now you've got you've got George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, I think two of really good young receivers. You know, I love Friar Muth as a tight end in that, in that team. 
You know they're going to play a physical style of football. There's no question about that. Yeah. Najee Harris is a banger between the tackles. I love him. I think Kenny Pickett is really going to continue to improve the way he did the latter part of last season. Steelers went seven and two down the stretch. They won the last four. You know, and you got a lot of this nucleus back. And I look at this defensive front that they have. If they can stay healthy with with TJ Cameron Hayward um, and and Alex Highsmith and those guys, I don't know how much Patrick Peterson has left in the tank, but. You know, he's back there with a the young kid, Joey Porter, who was the first pick taken in the second round. And, of course, I think, arguably for me, Minka Fitzpatrick, I'm torn between Minka Fitzpatrick and Derwin James for me as the best safeties in the NFL right now. But Minka's good, man. He hits great ball hawk, great anticipator, smart as a whip on the back end of that defense. They have everything they need, Yeah, you know, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, that, the thing is, I agree with you with, with Pittsburgh. Cleveland's really hard to judge because there's, again, there's talent, but it's been such a long layoff. And I know he got, a, he knocked some rust off last year, but really when was the last time Deshaun Watson played in like a meaningful game, like a game, yeah. you, you know, it felt like last year, even when he finally got a shot, they were almost out of it. Like he, he's got a lot to, to prove, you know, and, man, does Cleveland have a lot riding on him, not only for the reputation of some of the things that went on off the field, but all the guaranteed money they have with him. This is not one where you can just cut him and, you know, move on. He, he better be able to play for you or else they're screwed for a long time with all the money he's owed. Yeah, there, uh, there's no question about it. I mean, Cle- here's, the, here's another team. Uh, you know, you got what, arguably one of the top three running backs in the game. You know, so that takes a lot of pressure off of you. You know, a lot of people say Cleveland has the best offensive line in the game. You know, mm-hmm. you know it's hard to argue considering you had a 15-yard rusher running behind you there. Um, Amari Cooper is an outstanding receiver. They go out and get Elijah Moore to compliment him. They have Donovan Peoples-Jones. They have three really good receivers. David Njoku is a really good tight end. Uh, uh, Jedrick Willis is a nice young left tackle that they have playing for him there. Um, so they, they have – I mean, you got one of the big sack leaders, biggest sack leaders in the game – um, in in, in uh, Miles Garrett playing. Miles Garrett, yeah. You brought in Zadarius Smith, who had the back issues, fell out of grace in Minnesota. He was a sack master when he was in Green Bay. Yeah. And, and I love, dude, I love the back end of their defense. I love Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Grant Delpit. I love all three of those guys on the back end of the defense. But what does Deshaun Watson add to the equation? That is well, I'm huge. the belief. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, that's huge for me in terms of what does he bring into the table to enhance the overall product. Yeah, and I the, the other tough thing is, like, do, do you feel like, is, is there a sense that if things start going south early, you, you know, is Stefanski a lame duck? You know, and, and to the owner's credit, he's he's not a good owner, but uh, he came out and he said, look, this, this isn't a one and done. This isn't win or else we, we know how last year went and and a lot of that wasn't on Kevin Stefanski and and let's just see how this year plays out I think he and the and who was it Andrew Berry who used to be an eagle uh in the eagle yep. front office yep you know they're both on a hot seat for sure but I also think if you have any common sense you understand that last year was like a, you you punted on last year because you knew he would Watson was going to get a suspension it's just a matter of how long it was going to be well um, you were talking about Stefanski and, you know, all of a sudden his first, his first year, he goes in there and they go 11 and five and they still finished third in the division, but they got to the playoffs for the first time in a long time. 
After that, he's had two losing seasons. He's gone 15 and, and 19 in his last yeah. two seasons. So people are falling quickly out of he's falling quickly out of grace with that organization. Mm-hmm. This this is a must season for him. There's no question yeah. about it. Unfortunately for him, he's in a very rugged division. And of course, I don't think his team as a whole has the firepower or the overall talent that Cincinnati does. So you're playing second fiddle to a team that has been to the AFC Championship game two years in a row. You yeah. know, you look at you look at the Pittsburgh team, Mike Tomlin. You know, come hell or high water, Mike Thomas teams are going to be ready to play. Mm-hmm. You know, so if, if you go if you go three and three in your division, you've got to win a lot of games outside of your division and a lot of games on the road to get to where you want to go. Yeah, and the the problem is the AFC East is going to be so good. Yes, that you're going to have a lot of teams vying for playoff spots there, wild card spots, even if they don't win the division. Even that, that's like we talked about. The AFC is just really tough. Yes. You know, if you're these teams and you're you're in the um, the NFC, you got a chance. You there may be very well be a team that's ten and seven that doesn't get in. You're right in the AFC or, when, or multiple. When people when people ask me um, about the AFC, I'm confident of three things. I'm confident of one thing. I think there are three teams that are definitely going to get in to the postseason: Kansas City, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. The other four teams, I go back and forth every day. I flip flop every day. You know, I like them, but you know, I think yeah. the Jets. I put the Jets in the category of it's too good to be true. You yeah. know, with everything that has gone right for them this off season. Right, Miami. All you got to do is get it done. You got everything you have, you need. It's Tua. Okay, uh, Chargers, Denver, even the Raiders. You know all have the capability of getting in, mm-hmm. you know, Tennessee, Jacksonville capability to get in, you know, it's, 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 it's such a complex situation and so many incredible storylines. Um, health is the biggest factor for everybody at the key, yeah. at key spots, but I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a hundred percent confident on any of those other teams outside of the three that I just mentioned. And I know people are saying Buffalo is going to stay, take a step back. But Buffalo still has that wherewithal. They have Sean McDermott, who I love as a head coach, great yep. strategist. You still have Josh Allen. You still have Stephon Diggs and Gabe Davis. You know, you still have a pretty doggone good defense with Ed Oliver and those guys on that side of the ball. Yeah, Miller coming, like back. you said, Miller coming back at some point. Yeah. You know, off that D injury. Um, I still think they're gonna be good enough to get in the playoffs. But outside of that, Rob, it's a coin toss for me, bro. I agree with you. All right, tomorrow uh, we'll do the South. We'll do the South on Thursday, and then we'll do the AFC West on Friday. So, and then next week we'll 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 do all the NFC divisions. We'll do the NFC East last. So we got the, the two more AFC divisions coming up the next two days. All right, yeah. let's uh, step aside. We'll come back. We got movies. We got birthday. Good birthday uh, day today. We have got some movies as well that we'll dig into. Uh, we'll hit a bunch of other stuff uh, and circle it back to the Eagles like we always do also. He's yep. Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. All right. I think we did Flynn Tree Services, but I'll uh, I'll do it again. Why not? What the heck? Uh, Flynn Tree Services. So basically, bottom line is you can reach them at 610-850-2848 or online at FlynnTreeServices.com. That's FlynnTreeServices.com. You can check them out on Facebook. Instagram, get a sampling of their work. They are an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company. 
that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. Again, Flynn Tree Services, FlynnTreeServices.com. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
hours back. Uh, it's, been an it's been an interesting day, to say the least, uh, but we are back up and running. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Uh, let me update you on a couple things, Derek. Um, Henry Ruggs, the former uh, Raider receiver, yeah. has been sentenced to three to ten years in prison. Uh, yeah, for uh, 2021, uh, November of 2021, drunk driving crash that killed a Las Vegas woman and her dog. He could be eligible for parole after three years. Frankly, this feels really light to me. This this woman was killed yeah. by him. Uh, yeah. he, you know, innocent, be a lot more in my opinion. In, in, innocent woman minding her own business all of a sudden out of nowhere. Her life ends and her family's her family's lives are destroyed. Um, it does. It does. Does seem to be somewhat of a life sentence. Um, and you know what? Anytime they put good behavior, you know he's he's not going to serve the full ten years. Right. Yeah, and uh, he could be out in three. And out in three, and possibly resume his career. Yeah. Whereas this uh, this young lady will never get to resume her life again. Yeah, it's tough. Mm-hmm. That's tough, man. It, it is a, just an awful situation. It really is. Um, so, yeah, throw that one out there just so so people know kind of where things are uh, at this point with that. Uh, Josh Hart, former Villanova player, uh, is now a New York Nick. Uh, he is about to finalize a four-year, $81 million extension. Oh, man, oh, man. Yeah. Uh, they now have Jalen Brunson, Dante DiVincenzo, and Josh yep. Hart. That's yep. a lot of – a lot of Nova uh, there, that's for sure. Hey, maybe they can re- rekindle some of that Nova magic. Yeah, yeah. Try and try and talk Jay Wright out of the you know their yeah. retirement life. Could you imagine that if Jay Wright coached that team with those four on the team? Yeah. What a great story, man! But I, I don't think I think Jay Wright is sitting under a shade tree somewhere enjoying life. Yep, I think Jay Wright is saying, "I don't need that aggravation. Yeah. Yeah. I am in good shape, and I'll go broadcast and." Yep. Nobody's worried if I win or I lose, and I'll make good money, and I won't be stressing, my man. I, I will I be enjoying have, my life. I don't have to recruit. I don't have to deal with professional knuckleheads. <laughs> None of that stuff. Yep. So I don't have to deal with those knuckleheads. Knucklehead. Yeah, I don't have to deal with a uh, transfer portal or nope. NIL. And, yeah, I, I – I good luck getting Jay out of that uh, uh, that nice uh, gig he's got going on there. Hey, shout out! I got to give a shout out to the Media Little League, uh, who won sixteen to three last night. Put it yes. on the guys from DC. So they need one more win, Derek, and they go to the Little League World Series in Williamsport. One more win. So let's go. Keep those fingers crossed. Let's go. Uh, the Union won in penalty kicks over the Red Bulls. You know we could see Messi come here. Uh, it w- they need basically one more win and Miami wins one more and Messi could be coming here. That would be pretty fascinating. You know, I saw Messi has scored seven goals in like his first three games. He's been incredible. Now see Rob, that is the novelty that could possibly, possibly get me to break my staunch dislike for crowds. To see, to see a one and only chance to see Lionel Messi play up close. Mm-hmm. You know, we may have to, we may have to find some, do you know anybody in the, in, in the union's PR staff? Yeah, right. I know. Yeah. Just saying, I you know I Tim McDermott is there. Sean McDermott's brother used to be with the Eagles. Really, Rob? Hey, look, Rob. I don't want a seat. I want a field pass. I don't want yeah. a seat. Yeah. Uh, pretty funny story here from Zach Berman uh, of the Athletic regarding Miles Jack. So when he was cut from Pittsburgh, he didn't know what to do next. He considered a trade school to become an electrician or a plumber. 
Wait, wait, you broke up for a second. Say that again. So Miles Jack, when he was cut by the Steelers, said he didn't know what to do next, and he hates sitting around. He's not that kind of guy. He said he considered a trade school becoming to learn how to become an electrician or a plumber. And he said time waits for no one. That's right. He he said he brought two pairs of drawers, two pairs of socks, and a Bible to Philly. (laughs) That's all he brought. (laughs) How great is that, man? That that is just flat out awesome. So let me tell you something. I have friends who who own their own businesses in in, uh, electricians and plumbing. Yeah. Dude, uh, you know, I think we've talked about this, but it's amazing yep. how the young people of today don't want to do the manual labor stuff. Yep. But yet plumbers, electricians and contractors are more in demand than ever before because a number of them have gotten out of the business. And those who have survived because they they enjoy it are making more money than they've ever made being yep. electricians and plumbers. And the demand is so great. They've had to hold people off three, four weeks, a month or more until they can get to them because they're swamped. And they get these young workers, and these young workers, us oh, is too much. I don't want to do this. And I'm like, what? You don't want? You don't want to do this? Yeah, like the and no debt coming out, no college loans, none nope. of that kind of stuff. Go to yeah. trade school? Nope. I know. I know. I hear. You know, I don't think they understand. As a trade, if you give it to white people, you're making way more money nowadays, Rob, than you are in, in a field. You're coming out broadcasting. Way more. Way more money. No, quote, unquote, normal hours. You're not doing nights and weekends and holidays. Well, that, well, I, I take that back. Oh, wait. Yes, you are. As a plumber, electrician? Yeah, you are. Yeah, it depends. It depends. But, yeah. My, my guy who's a plumber, Saturday night, sometimes Sundays, pipe yeah. burst. Sometimes pipe burst. Yeah. yeah but, if, you, if it's your property that you're responsible for. Yeah, I hear you. I hear yeah, you. you know. Uh, but still, yeah, you, it's, it's a great point. All right. Let's do some uh, Let's do some birthdays. we got some good ones today. Dude, uh, I got, this is the longest list. Of birthdays I've ever had since we started doing this show. It's a lot. It's, it is a lot today. All right. We'll start with Whitney Houston, uh, born on this day, 1963. Yeah. What, the first thing you think is what a waste. What a, just a waste of incredible talent. It's so sad. So sad. Yeah. Dude, her octave range, her voice range is incredible second to none. Yeah. Such a powerful voice and such a tragedy died at such a young age. It's, it really is. I agree with you. I just, just taken way too soon from us. It's a shame. Uh, Bob Cousy, the Celtic, is 95. Still God bless. with us. God bless. I mean, absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. Uh, Anna Kendrick, the actress and singer, is 38 years old today. Jillian Anderson, remember her from X Files? Um, absolutely. 55. Wait, 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 would you put her in the. I, I'm not. No, I wouldn't. I uh, Like solid, but not, not super strong. Eh. Okay. All right. Eh. I think I put her in the category of. Dresses, you know, well manicured for sure, attractive, very attractive. Yes, agreed. Okay, but there's a there, it's like the hall of fame there's very good and then there's great, you know what I mean? Yes. There you go. Uh, be careful, you get yourself in trouble. I'll leave, I'll leave it at that. Uh, so Dion Sanders, 56, we, we talked about him a little bit earlier. Yep. So happy birthday to Dion. Uh, one of my favorite actors, Sam Elliott, I think he's good in every what a voice, Dude, 79 today. I love him in the car commercials when he does those. Yes. He's one of my favorite Western actors of all. Got that deep, slow, drawl oh, voice. I could listen to that dude just recite anything. I'm telling dude. you. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Yeah, pretty pretty crazy. Uh, Melanie Griffith uh, is 66 years old today. Yeah. Uh, Eric Bana, the actor, is 55 uh, today. Jessica Capshaw, who's Kate Capshaw's daughter, is 47 yeah. today. Dan Levy, uh, his dad, Eugene Levy. Dan is 40 today. The great tennis player back in the day, Rod Laver. 
85 years old. Yep. Ime Udoka, the NBA coach, is 46 today. Uh, Leanne Tui. You may not at first recognize the name. She's 63 today. She is the real-life mother of Michael Orr in Blindside, or adopted mother, yes. whatever yep. she ended up being. But she's yep. the she's the Sandra Bullock character. Like the, the, That's what she was based on. Um, Michael Kors, the, the uh, designer, uh, is 64 today. You, you got a lot of Michael Kors stuff? I do. I wore a Michael Kors shirt yesterday on the show, a great okay. Michael Kors shirt. I do. I, I think his stuff's excellent. I do, too. Yeah, I like his stuff. Uh, Rona Mitra, the actress, is 47 years old today. She's in a lot of stuff. Yep. Thomas Lennon, the actor, very funny guy. He's 53 today. Uh, former NBA player and coach Derek Fisher is 49 today. Ken Norton Sr., Derek, was born on this day in yep. 1943. The great boxer, of course, his son, in NFL and player and coach, Ken Norton Jr. Tried his hand at acting also. He did. He did. Uh, Doug Williams. Doug Williams, who, who was the first African-American quarterback to win a Super Bowl with, the, with then the Washington Redskins. Uh, played at Grambling and played for the Bucks as well. He is 68 years old today. Who is who is who is uh, who will always be remembered not only for being the first African American to win a Super Bowl, but asked the most dumb question ever: How long have you been a black quarterback? God, <laughs> that was oh. one of the greatest questions ever. Oh my God, how long have you been a black quarterback? <laughs> I, yeah, I I don't even know where to go with that one. Man. <laughs> um, Hoda Kotb is 59 today of the uh, Today Show. Uh, Jamarcus Russell, you referenced him earlier, Derek. Yes, he's sir. 30, he's 38 today. Brett Hull, who's in the Hall of Fame, NHL player. His dad was Bobby Hull. He's 59 today. Robert Shaw, who played Quint in Jaws. Quint. 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 Yes. Yark. Uh, he was born on this day, 1927. Uh, the great John Capaletti, who won a Heisman and grew up in my neighborhood, went to the same yep. grade school and high school as me. Wow. Uh, yes, he's 71 years old today, John Cappy. Capaletti. They called him Cappy. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I have. Who else do you have? Let's see. Where do we go here? Uh, Kate Siegel, actress, is 41 today. Uh, P.L. Travers, who uh, wrote the books Mary Poppins, the, uh, Poppins, the series, uh, was born on this day in 1899. Okay. Uh, Adam Nimoy, who's the, uh, the TV director, is the son of Leonard Nimoy, ah. is 67 on I didn't this. know that was his son. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, Vinny Del Negro uh, is 57 a day. Yep. Irv Smith Jr., the tight end plays for the Bengals, is 25. Mm-hmm. Former NFL great running back who played for the last undefeated team in the National Football League, Jim Kick. Was born on this day in 1946. Number 21, Jim Kick. Number yep. 21. Good memory, my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tommy Agee, former running back, um, is was born on this day in 1940. I mean, sorry. Oh, outfielder. Yeah. yeah. Had a great catch in the, uh, for the Mets in 69 when they yes. won the World Series. Yep. Yes. Uh, one of the greatest boxing trainers ever, uh, Eddie Futch, was born on this day in 1911. Yes. Uh, Shamiqua Holesclaw, great yes. former college player, 46. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of Rob's favorite uh, former NFL coaches, Cliff Kingsbury, is seventy. <laughs> hey, right. He's not seventy-four. No, I, he's probably no. Four, in early forties, late thirties. Yeah. yeah, he's young. He's young. You know he's back in football again. Where did he? Did he? Is he consulting somewhere? Where is he? he? He's a senior offensive analyst and quarterback coach back at USC. The job he abruptly left to go take in Arizona. Wow, they took him back, huh? Come back, uh, Jason Hayward. Uh, of the Dodgers, 34 today. Yep, yep. Eli Apple, who was just recently signed by the Dolphins, is 28. And one of my favorite rappers, Curtis Blow, is oh, yeah. uh, 64 today. 
We had cool now, OD yesterday and Curtis Blow today. That's pretty yeah. cool. Now, I've saved yeah. this one for last. Are you familiar with the name Salt Bay? Are you familiar with this name? No. This is this guy who opens up who opened up all his restaurants, and he his his signature is his seasonings and how he prepares his steaks. And when he puts he comes out to the table and he yeah. puts the finishing touches on your steak, he puts the salt in his hands like this. Oh, he's that guy. I, I've seen yeah, yeah, yeah he's that guy. Okay. You know how many he has multitudes of restaurants uh, across the world, including the United States. No, I didn't know that. Dude, some of his steak meals go for in excess of a thousand dollars. Now, initially, I don't know if it was out of uh, out of uh, jealousy or not, but um, a lot of his restaurants is early on, especially in New York, where really his food's bland, uh, steaks aren't not cooked properly. But the dude has been blowing up, making money hands over fish. He's all fist. He's all over every social media platform. You see, he's wow. forty years old today. But I'm thinking, dude, his signature move is to do this and to drop salt. Why can I do this? Blogs. That's I'm all it takes. Sometimes that's all it takes. You just oh, I need it. Man. Keep and plugging away on your TikTok. Keep doing your thing. Hey. Uh, all right, movies. Uh, Pee Wee's Big Adventure. We just lost yep. uh, yeah, Paul Rubens. What was it last week? He's uh, that was 1985. Triple uh, X with uh, with Vin Diesel. Yep. 2002. Jack with Robin Williams. 1996. Escape L.A. Kurt Russell. Yep. 1996 as well. Uh, Double Impact with Jean Claude Van Damme. 1991. Uh, any others caught your eye? Oh yeah, you, uh, the movie. One of my favorite movies that uh, came out in two thirteen called Elysium, with um, uh, with Matt Damon and Jodie Foster. You never I saw that I movie? I haven't seen that one. No, I haven't seen. Oh, that. dude, you got to see this. It's kind of a futuristic movie. He's this guy, and he's trying to get he's trying to get uh, to the other planet. The, the, the other the rich people live on the planet Moon, and all of those who are left behind are on planet Earth. He's trying to get away, trying to find a way. And uh-huh. Jodie Foster is like the game, the warden of, of the moon planet with all the rich Sadiddy people. Uh-huh. And they, their edict is to keep everybody who's not a certain status off the moon planet and keep them down there on Earth. Hmm. You got to see this movie, dude. You'll, okay. I guarantee you, yeah, you will yeah. love this movie. I'll check oh. it out for sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right, that's it. Uh, we're out of time today. I uh, want to thank our producer, Tone. Tone did a great job in his segment as well. Thank you, Tone. Thanks to everybody in the chat. We appreciate you guys uh, hanging out with us and keeping us entertained. Everybody streaming, everybody watching. Uh, we do appreciate it. That's for sure. So don't go anywhere. You have three hours coming your way of the National Football Show with Dan Cilio. Derek and I back tomorrow, recap the Phillies, Eagles practice, and then we will dig into the AFC South as well. Uh, for Derek, I'm Rob. Appreciate you guys hanging, and we will see you guys tomorrow. Same place, same time. Thanks. to book flights and hotels. 
all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.